Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. It's me, Amanda Garcia. <laughs> Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Excitement time. Clam down. Clam down. Clam down. Clam down. Hurry, we're going dancing, baby. They picked us last. They picked us last. And now we're going dancing. We're going dancing. How about those friggin' pirates? Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Back with you on another day of Pirate Radio Live. This particular day is a Wednesday, and we're glad to have you with us on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville. 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, also online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. We need your views, your likes, your subscribes, all of the above. And uh, what's on your mind? And why can't ECU win a midweek game? Give us your thoughts. Maybe you'll have some insight that we can pass along to the team or something funny that we can laugh at you or with you. Uh, Pirates lose another midweek game last night to UNCW for the second time this season. So we'll talk about that. We'll hear what Cliff Godwin had to say after the game. We'll also hear some uh, spring football talk as well from Mike Houston and my guy, Rajay Harris, who spoke yesterday as he is healing up and getting ready for the fall as the Pirates have a stocked backfield. And where will Rajay fit into that? this fall that remains to be seen a lot of young guys uh getting some good action right now when it comes to spring football so we'll have a check in with mike houston rajay harris also here from cliff goblin on today's program mark brown camdenchat.com will join us we will once again be carrying o's baseball on pirate radio that was fun last year o's made a run uh kind of played a a bit ahead of their skis and overachieved now they have some expectations so how would they play with that uh we'll find out opening day coming up on thursday o's have the red Sox. we'll talk o's baseball look around major league baseball talk about the rule changes make some predictions all that coming up hour number one with mark brown hour two patrick mason will join us he was at clark mcclare stadium last night he was out at the ecu practice field yesterday for pro day so we'll talk all things ecu athletics with patrick mason from the daily reflector coming up in hour two of today's show billy weaver will join me in hour number three i spoke briefly with weaver earlier today and uh, all he wanted to talk about was the sale of the commanders and that is that's the sad state uh, us commanders fans are in it's not about who we're bringing in this offseason who do we draft it's can dan snyder finally sell the team and get that big dark black cloud uh out from over our heads so that is something we are paying attention to we'll talk football ecu athletics nascar and more with the weave coming up in hour three of today's show we got a giveaway for you and a whole lot more we want you to be a part of the show on facebook live youtube and you can chime in on twitter as well shirley rhodes is here on a wednesday as is chandler honeycutt how's the b studio doing i was gonna say b team but that sounds like an insult you guys are not on the b team you're on the a team you're just in studio b you know what we should do we should tear down this wall so we're all in the same studio and we're all equal because we are all one team let's do that right now all right give me a hammer you got a a sledgehammer 
We could throw something through the glass right now and and go ahead and get that taken care I think, of. I think that glass is pretty tough. It's it's a tough glass. That's some tough glass, Jeff. This is a tough show. Sometimes when I'm talking and I look at Shirley, I feel like she is hearing what is on her shirt today. <laughs> Which is blah 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 blah. Just words, sounds. Yeah, it, it, this is one of my favorite T-shirts uh, that I have. Um, There's some musical notes on it. Yeah, well, if you look at it closely, well, uh, blah, most blah, anybody who blah, knows blah, me blah, very blah. well knows I'm a I'm a big Tegan and Sarah fan. Um, blah, blah, and blah, blah, blah. their T-shirt says blah 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 blah, and then some musical notes blah 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 blah, and at the very bottom it says dash typical Tegan and Sarah show. A lot of blogs. So yeah, typical they, pirate radio live show. Yeah pretty much we occasionally play bumper music and we go blah 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 chandler you were at clark leclair stadium last night so i'll ask you why does ecu lose Tell me why midweek games um the bats are just not as hot as they are on the weekend now why is that i can't tell you that I don't have the answer to that, but that is what I have noticed. I have a theory. We play better teams midweek than we do during the weekend. That is true. I mean, you got a top 20 team in Campbell that we've lost to twice already this week or this year uh, on the road in Bowie's Creek, on the road in Fayetteville last Wednesday. Durham. Uh, Durham, the Duke Blue Devils, a really good team in the ACC. UNCW, who is a scrappy team, a team that we lost to earlier in the year on the road in Wilmington. That wasn't an issue when it came to putting guys on base, but getting those guys around to score was an issue in Wilmington. And uh, the Pirates just, I mean, they were out hit last night by UNCW. And uh, we did see a JJC home run yesterday and uh after that we did see a couple of singles but uh other than that not nothing going on offensively for the pirates pirates lose at nine to three last night 11 hits for uncw the midweek pitching has been pretty good last night uh uncw bats got going with those 11 hits nine runs scored the pirates had two errors on the night as well and just not a lot of production at the top of the uh, lineup ryan mccrystal over uh last night jc had a hit it was a home run moylan starling wilcox and all had a hit apiece but just could not string it together you mentioned it was after the home run right the pirates got a couple of hits it looked like okay here comes the rally and uh just did not happen well the bad thing about that rally that did not happen is that and i mean anything can happen with two outs but there was two outs on the board for ecu when uh, JJC blasted that home run to can, center field. Can I just mention that his nickname is JC. And you can continue to say JJC, but I'm just telling you JC is the nickname as he has talked about. Okay. All right. Just, and now with that information, you can do whatever you want to with it. All right. All right. Well, JC's home run. Now, it doesn't sound right when you say it. Go back to how you were saying it. All right. JJC's home run. <laughs> happened with two outs yeah and you'd like to see was it moylan with the with a single can't remember exactly who it was with the singles after his home run but next thing you know you got a guy on first and second 
but there is those two outs. And then I believe it was Wilcoxon with a great at-bat kept fouling off pitches uh, and then hit a shot to shortstop, and he just tosses it over to second for the third out. So I remember saying last night, man, it would have been great if this would have – I mean, and this is wishful thinking, but you wish that all this would have could have happened with uh, zero or one out in that inning. But, uh, yeah, so – I just offensively just couldn't get things going last night. Pirates will be on the road at Houston coming up this weekend. Um, <laughs> this is the kind of show we're doing, which Newton does have a baseball question, but we're talking baseball, trying to figure out all the issues with ECU during the midweek. And so far, our two uh, chime-ins on YouTube, Eric says, did Chandler ever get to eat yesterday? Blue-collar Chan got that dog in him. Did you get to eat, Chandler? I did get to eat. All right, good. I had to go retrieve your charger from the press box last night. I gave Chandler yet another job. I left my charger (laughs) in the press box on Sunday, and I sent him up there to go get it. And guess what? He got it for me. So I went up there, and I looked, and uh, they had Chick-fil-A last night for the media. My pleasure. the week. And my pleasure. Um, But... I, as God would have it, there was three chicken strips left, and there was two trays. There was three chicken strips left, and I said those were mine, and I ate those three chicken strips, and uh, it was great. Uh, hanging out in the jungle last night, Josh Thomas, a loyal listener, had some chicken wings cooked up, so I was able to eat some of those. So you ate well. a lot of free chicken. It sounds like last yeah, night. Yeah, I, I had a lot of free chicken last night. Awesome, good to hear. Uh, the other question is from Mike, who says, question for Patrick Mason is putting the soup of desserts. Okay, Mike. Well, that's coming up hour two. But get your soup questions in now, I guess. Well, so that's the kind of discussion that uh, people want to have today. It's funny that he brings that up because last night it was chilly out there at Clark LeClaire Stadium. There was chilly? No, it was chilly. Uh-huh. It was chilly out there. And as Patrick Mason was coming up to form the media huddle for – cliff godwin post game i said i said p mace i said this would be a perfect time to have some soup and he was like yeah it's the perfect soup weather wait that's is that a patrick mason laugh (laughs) kind of okay interesting we'll talk to patrick mason coming up in hour number two of today's show newton says where was noak and why take barini out of the game good questions newton did Cliff Godwin address that after the game? He did address vomiting. <laughs> Shirley, let's uh, hear Cliff Godwin after last night's loss to UNCW. Oh. Just thought you guys were able to rally a little bit late, but they just kept scoring runs. We got beaten all three phases. I just told Coach O I thought UNCW was more ready to play than us, which makes me want to throw up. It's my fault. I'm the head coach, so that's my job. Um, but until our guys want to show up and, and get in the fight a little bit earlier um, against a really good team, but also an in-state team. We just haven't played well in the midweek, and UNCW's kicked our butts twice. Cliff, you said on Sunday you thought the bullpen was going to get some work today. Um, you said some very true words there. Yeah, they, they got some work, and they, they've been wanting the ball, and they weren't good enough tonight. So, uh, you know, be careful what you ask for. Um, a lot of guys got out there and weren't good enough. So. That's the end of the day. We didn't play good enough defense. We didn't swing the bats good enough. We didn't pitch good enough. And if you don't do that, you're not going to win. 
You guys have played a lot of tough teams in the midweek. Just how the schedule worked out. I mean, is that part of it as well? Just, just with all the in-state teams within two hours of driving distance. I mean, North Carolina is a really good state of baseball, and uh, UNCW is a really good program, and they beat us twice now. Coach, seeing how you're headed towards Houston this weekend, what's the team's plan for bouncing back and preparing for the game? Uh, we'll practice tomorrow. We'll lift weights tomorrow. Then we'll fly out early Thursday, get to Houston, and practice at Houston. What did you see out of Landon again today? Just in a different situation, but it looked like he had, had some good stuff again. He had good stuff, but he wasn't sharp either. I mean, really, in my opinion, nobody that came out of the bullpen was sharp today. A lot of walks? Um, I don't even have the box score. I know we were behind in counts a lot, which um, they got some good swings off late when we couldn't throw multiple pitches for strikes, and that's what good hitters do. Thanks, Cliff. All right. Uh, once again, Gully. Like Kevin from the office, why say many words when few words do trick? Ty just said a hi. A lot of walks. A lot. I mean, look, got the job done. Walks. Walks. Base on balls. Free passes. Uh so Cliff Goblin balls. Not happy uh, with the performance last night, and uh, I don't know what do we do like. I guess I'll ask the guys on the players' lounge why they struggle on midweeks, but I can't ask that to Josh Groves and to Carter Spivey. They don't pitch on the midweek. Could ask Sailor, but I don't think uh, we didn't see him last night, did we? No, still no Sailor since last Wednesday's uh, discomfort in his arm side, whatever it may be. And then I'll ask Moylan and Hoove and JC, aka JCC, aka JJC. Why Why don't y'all want to win on midweek? Have I been saying JCC? No. Oh. So, the official nickname is JC. Which I have called him before. You like to call him JJC because it's Jacob Jenkins Coward. Mm-hmm. And then apparently there was a JCC chant by people who were mistaking his name. And now that is the joke nickname his teammates give him. What did he do after his home run last night? Somebody was upset in our mentions about I that. I did see that. Zach. I saw there was, was a... Um, did he, like, act foolish? He did exactly what uh, most of the players on this roster do when they hit a home run as they're rounding second. They give the love sign to the bullpen. Um, and then he does exactly what he does every single home run. Every single home run that I've seen, whether we're down, whether we're up this year... Which is kind of like a, kind of a, opening up the, the button-up shirt as a Superman sign to the Pirates on his, or the ECU in this case last night on his jersey, which as he's approaching third base, and You're very what I saw, what I saw was a guy that was excited about having hitting a home run. What we need to do moving forward, if we're down by four runs or more, if you hit a home run, immediately drop your head. If you can, shed a tear. Shed a tear. Maybe like beat the ground, act and, angry. And ang- yeah, act angry. Like as you're like rounding first, as soon as you touch first base, kick some dirt. <laughs> slump, like, just like slump your shoulders as much as possible, and then literally the rest of the way around, just walk in a angrily strut. And here's why I joke about that because like you're you're still down. You didn't do anything. You didn't win the game or anything. But you. You want that to lead into something else. You want to get the energy going. You want to get your guys hyped. I was hyped, about to say, that could start something Which there. it did get, you know, the guy had two straight hits afterwards. So, 
I don't know. Criticize what you want, but criticizing a guy that hit a home run last night. Not only getting, one, yourself hype, getting your teammates hype, and getting the rest of the fans that were in Clark LeClaire Stadium last night at that point of time in that game hype. Yeah, it couldn't have been a a crazy atmosphere uh, when you're down by that much, so trying to get something going there. Just trying to create your own energy, I guess, and uh, that's what I saw last night from JJC, and uh, went to straight away uh, dead center field, and we saw that with Moreland, and we said when Moreland hit it that it's a rare occurrence in that stadium, and there goes uh, JC uh, doing it last night. So. Mike P says, "Does anybody blame poor midweek play on the NIL and them spending every second of their spare time on Pirate Radio Live? Not this season, Mike. Um." Now, that same Zach guy that complained about J.C.'s home run celebration complained about the players being on Pirate Radio last year. And that was the first year ECU ever hosted a Super Regional at Clark LeClaire Stadium. So, I, w- I think a few more losses, the blame will start shifting to Pirate Radio and to myself. And, uh, yeah, if they keep losing, we're going to have to, much like Josh Moylan was ejected after the game against Campbell, we're going to have to eject him from Pirate Radio. (laughs) You're gone. You're out of here. We're going to do it after his segment, though. Yeah. We're going to kick him out. Like, you go to shake his hand, (laughs) and you sit there for a while. Or no, he goes to shake your hand. Or shake his hand. He goes to shake your hand. You don't see it. Then you finally realize he's going to shake your hand. You reach out. He pulls back thinking that you're not going to acknowledge oh. him, and you toss him. He's out Kind of like the JT Real Muto uh, situation. JT who? Real Muto. Real Muto. I'm not going to make fun of you. That's a tough one to say. Real Muto. No, that's not how you say JT, it. JT Real, Mu- nope. Real Muto. Nah. Real Muto? Closer. Real Muto. I think you were Real Muto. Real Muto. JT Real Muto. It is, it's tough. That is a tough one. JT Real Muto. That's not <laughs> It's even, fine. It's fine. We're not going to do But you this. understand where I'm going. With we got to take a break. We uh, can't. We have to take a break, but you understand where I'm going with that, right? Yes, I do. I get the reference. Nice reference. You're gone. I like the reference. Pirates fall at Houston this weekend. We will uh, talk about that one more with Patrick Mason coming up. Well, here's some Mike Houston, some Rajay Harris. But coming up next, we'll talk some Major League Baseball. Opening day on Thursday, we'll talk O's. Look around the AL East. Who could be this year's Orioles and Mariners? Surprise teams. We'll look at the NL and more rule changes. And how about Connor Norby? When does he make his Major League debut? Talk about all that with Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com, when we return after this. listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, the best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio perfect for some outdoor dining. 
There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock on Wednesday nights. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Back with you at Power Radio Live. Craig, Mike P., I'll get to your comments in a moment. Y'all are funny guys. Or uh, you are as well, Brad. TJ on YouTube says, can't wait to see my favorite segment with Igo today on PRL. Really the highlight of my week. Well, TJ, I got some bad news for you. It was Igo's birthday today. I sent him an 8 by 10 autographed uh, picture of Benedict Arnold. <laughs> I was waiting. I actually thought you said you were going to send an autographed 8 by 10 of yourself to Igo, but just to Benedict see, Arnold see what he's, see what he's missing in his life. Yeah. Uh, let's table that and we will talk some Major League Baseball with Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com. The O's are back on Pirate Radio this season. It's been a rough few years, uh, but last year the O's were one of the, if not the biggest surprise in Major League Baseball. How do they follow it up? We'll talk about that and more right now. Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com joins us. Mark, great to chat with you again. How you doing, man? Clip, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I wish I could be more excited about the Orioles' off-season activity, uh, to, to which there was very little that was uh, going to move the needle for excitement. But, uh, you know, the Orioles went from 52 wins in 2021 to 83 in 2022, and uh, that was to the surprise of everyone, not least of all me. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do as kind of the next act heading into this year. Yeah, it is uh, exciting times uh, in Baltimore. A little expectation uh, this year, which is scary, but we'll uh, once again have O's baseball for you throughout the year on Pirate Radio. Looking forward to that, and the O's will open up coming up on Thursday with the Red Sox. So you kind of answered one question there. Um, your thoughts on the Orioles offseason sounds like you are a little underwhelmed, but having said that, mark is there uh, this opening day you got to be more excited about that than you have been in the last what four or five years at this point yes absolutely i mean despite it, the, the main disappointment for me is i really thought the orioles had a big opportunity to get one of the maybe not the a-list starting pitchers on the market but like a b-plus list guy somebody getting maybe like a four-year contract in the 70 million dollar range there were a few of those handed out um, I, I think the Orioles needed to get somebody like that. And instead they got veteran Kyle Gibson on a one-year contract. And Gibson had a 5.05 ERA for the Philadelphia Phillies last year. And now he's the uh, opening day Orioles starter. So that's kind of disappointing. But, you know, there, there's a lot to be happy about with the, the state of the Orioles. There's a number of guys you can point to. And I don't think be entirely crazy in – being hopeful for what they'll be able to do over the season this year. Uh, I think in the starting rotation in particular, the combination of Kyle Bradish and Dean Kramer has the potential to be pretty good. Uh, the player they got, the pitcher they got in trade from the Oakland Athletics, Cole Irvin, uh, is going to be the lone lefty until John Means is back from his Tommy John surgery. I think he has potential to improve now that he's on the Orioles as well. And so, you know, I don't know what it's going to add up to as far as season results, but there's, you know, there's players who could be good. It's just I would have liked some more, um, 
certain to be at a high-level player that they didn't really try and get, and I, I wish they would have. Yeah, one big absence there uh, is John Means. What's the, the status, uh, Mark? Will we be able to see him uh, at some point this season? It seems like right now the earliest is probably going to be in July. Uh, the, the early signs of his recovery have gone well, and he did get the surgery uh, early last season, but these days it, it kind of used to be like you would think, okay, 12 months and they're back. These days it usually drags out maybe a couple months more than that, even for the good cases. So I think maybe around the All-Star break is um, a realistic but slightly optimistic when we might see John Means. So, you know, that'll... That'll be a big boost to the rotation at that time. I'm I'm kind of already thinking we're going to hear someone associated with the team say, oh, it's like trading for an ace at the deadline, and they didn't even have to give up any prospects, which, <laughs> uh, you know, that that's kind of one of those things GMs say. We'll see if they actually say it about means, but hopefully we'll see them back around then in, in July. Talking to Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com, as the O's get underway, the 2023 season coming up against the Red Sox on Thursday. How about the lineup, Mark? Uh, looking forward to seeing Adley Rushman, you know, for a, a season now that he's got a year under his belt. And, of course, Cedric Mullins, he was uh, one of the heroes in the World Baseball Classic this year, which was cool to see. Who else are you excited about seeing every day in that O's lineup? Well, you know, getting the full season of Gunnar Henderson, uh, who uh, is – it's on some prospect list, he's the number one prospect in all of baseball, uh, and he's going to be on the opening day roster, obviously. And uh, he had a he had a nice month uh, audition at the end of last season. A full year of him, I think that should be exciting. Uh, it's going to be exciting seeing how the Cedric Mullins Jorge Mateo duo can do at stealing bases with the. Uh, of course, one of the many MLB tweaks to the rules is there are slightly larger bases this year, uh, which I think many people seem to think is going to increase uh, the amount of stolen base possibilities, uh, along with the fact that pitchers are limited in how many times they can throw over to first base. So I, I think that should be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing if Anthony Santander can follow up on his 30-plus home run season and if uh, Ryan Mountcastle can get back to his 30-plus home runs that he got uh, a couple of years ago. So, you know, there's a lot, much like with the, the the pitching, there's a lot that could go well, but there's not a lot that's guaranteed to go well. So where is, where it's all going to come, I'm still kind of in the nervous, I don't know what's going to happen stage, but also excited to see it. Yeah, Mark Brown came to Chad.com joining us. Mark, uh, speaking of prospects, give, give us an update on former Pirate Connor Norby, who... Uh, uh, spent some some spring, spring training with the O's and uh, and got in the lineup. Where uh, where will he start this season, and uh, what's the outlook on Norby potentially making it to the bigs uh, this year or, or in the future? Well, it certainly seems like he's going to be heading to AAA Norfolk, which is where he finished for a handful of games uh, last season. He hung around big league camp uh, this year for long enough to play in about half of the spring training games. Uh, mostly, you know, as a replacement guy in the later innings. Uh, I, I think I think if he really rakes at Norfolk this year, we could potentially see him in the big leagues. Uh, if, uh, you know, he hit 29 home runs across uh, three minor league levels that last year. So I think if he's repeating that, there's a pretty good chance we could see him in September or something like that. Um, you know, that, that's, some, that's some serious power uh, for a guy, 122 minor league games last year. So, 
you know, if you want to say, okay, well, over a, you know, uh, a, a big league length season of 162 games, that's, that's a pretty darn good pace. Um, you know, when, where are the Orioles going to squeeze him in, I guess, is the question, because they've got a ton of infield prospects, including at the high minors, uh, who maybe will get a chance before Norby. To me, that includes, like, Joey Ortiz and Jordan Westberg on prospect lists. And then it seems to me inevitable that some of these infield prospects are going to get traded maybe for starting pitching. So I don't know if that's going to mean, like, Norby is kind of one of these guys who's, like, the second-best player in a trade package for somebody uh, hopefully very good to join the rotation. And so, you know, I think if he gets traded, that makes it even more likely he debuts somewhere else this year, in fact. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I really don't know how to handicap which of the guys the Orioles are going to want to keep and which ones are going to be kind of trade bait. Um, but, you know, I, I'm excited for what Norby can do this year, and I hope um, hope he can have a good MLB career with the Orioles. Yeah, well, whether or not it's uh, via trade or just coming up through the O's, uh, bright future for Connor Norby and an, an important part, an important piece right now in the uh, O's organization. Talking to Mark Brown, CamdenChad.com, you mentioned the throw over to first rule when you were talking about uh, Henderson earlier. How about the, I just saw Mark, the pitch clock, uh, saw an article where it shaved 26 minutes off of spring training games um i haven't watched a ton of spring training i have watched a lot of college baseball this year and east carolina games just moving at such a rapid pace now that even a three-hour game feels like it was a two-hour and 30-minute game just there is the pace is a lot better you've watched it uh day-to-day with the orioles how about you know do, do you think we're going to continue to see i guess we are the uh the attention to that rule mark and uh, umps are going to call it the way it is, and, and we're just going to see a faster-paced game out there on the field this year? Yeah, you know, I'm a big pitch clock proponent. I think that uh, it's it's really going to be good for baseball. I don't I don't necessarily think that means that the, the exact implementation that's going to start this year is, like, the best version of it, you know? But um, just, you know, you, you had in, in recent years, it's just been crazy with the, the average length of game and, like, even – something like a 3-2 game takes like over three hours to play. And it, it's just really gotten ridiculous, I think. And it's, it's a lot of just sitting around waiting for a guy to actually throw a pitch, you know, or waiting for the batter who steps out of the box after every pitch and like adjust his gloves or whatever. And like the, you know, that's what the pitch clock is really trying to just, to, to just cut out that kind of dead time. Uh, it's it's going to take some getting used to. It was definitely faster-paced games in spring training. I think, uh, you know, all the broadcasters and fans also are going to just have to get used to how long it takes for things to happen. It's going to be quicker now, um, and I, I think that's a good thing, but it's definitely going to be strange at the at first. Anything stand out to you, Mark? Bigger bases, um, the, uh, the ban of the shift, anything stand out spring training that that uh, a lot of us will see once the regular season games start? Any Any big difference there? Well, you know, if if you're a regular consumer of baseball games, the shift thing is definitely going to be because you know we've at this point we've had about a decade to get used to that really being very common in yeah. baseball, um, and it's just there were there were so many plays where just it was like the ground ball between the first and second base, and you're like, okay, the guy you know that shifted over is going to get it in short right field, and that guy's not there anymore. Uh, it, it's definitely another thing where you'll have to be like, okay, you you. You kind of get a sense, have a sense that you've internalized over the years of what looks like a hit, you know, and um, 
it's different now. So up the middle is less available than it was before because um, now you can't really have guys shifted so exaggerated and the, the, the open spot between first and second. So, you know, is it going to benefit lefty hitters? Uh, I, I, think it's, I think it certainly will. I don't know on balance is it going to be good or bad for the Orioles. I guess we'll see. But it'll definitely be um, a different experience to watch for a little while. All right, let's talk uh, O's and AL East, Mark. A, a very challenging division, obviously, and uh, you've got some really good teams there. Uh, did when, when you look at the O's kind of stay pat this offseason, did the the teams around you, the uh, the Rays, the Blue Jays, uh, of course, the, the Yankees every year are, are going to be up there, and the Red Sox, did they get better? Who are you worried about? Who do you think the O's are better than in the AL East? Where do they stack up? Well, they were certainly better than the Red Sox last year, and the Red Sox kind of had a weird off season. So I, I hope the Orioles can still be better than them. But it's it's going to be interesting. And speaking of the MLB changes, we've got the new schedule, so that now teams yeah. are playing their division opponents less often than before. Um, I think, and I've read uh, other articles from less biased people than me who also think that the Orioles are maybe the team most poised to benefit from playing the rest of the AL East less, uh, you know, their, their, their division less, because you just, you know, 19 games was the old number against every other team in the division. Like, you know, that's a drag on your record if you're trying to compete for the AL wild card, for instance. And now the Orioles are probably going to have more games against some softer teams rather than the juggernauts. So, you know, I mean, everybody made some kind of moves other than the Orioles. I mean, even the Red Sox, they uh, they signed a decent-sized contract to the Japanese uh, outfielder. Um, I'm, I'm sorry if I get his name wrong, Masataka Yoshida, I think. Um, you know, the Yankees gave just boatloads of money to Aaron Judge to have him stay around. Uh, even the Rays made a modest free agent pitching signing, a three years, $40 million for Zach Eflin. So, like, you know, everybody made some kind of splash, uh, except for the Orioles, who are kind of relying on, I guess, their prospects to make the splash. And then, uh, as the way spring training worked out, the two pitching prospects, who I certainly thought were going to be on the staff to start the season, Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall, they're both starting at AAA Norfolk. So, you know, that, that's another kind of damper on my uh, excitement, because you're not even having these exciting prospects on the opening day roster. Um Paul, the excuse for him is they want to stretch him out as a starter. He suffered a little nagging injury that had him behind schedule and being able to build up star innings. So, okay, whatever. Grayson Rodriguez is uh, was at one point the top pitching prospect in all the MLB. He's, he's stumbled just a tiny bit on some lists, but uh, he, he really didn't have good results in spring training. A lot 15 runs in 15 and a third innings across his spring outings. That's, that's pretty tough results. Um, you know, the, the Orioles certainly could have said, okay, he's got nothing to learn at Norfolk. We're going to put him in the big league rotation, but they didn't. And uh, a number of people are disappointed about that, some more than others. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with those guys. Mark, if you could handicap the surprises, uh, they wouldn't be surprises. So it's tough to do. But <laughs> you're right. But who is this year's Orioles and Mariners? Is there, are there any contenders out there, teams that kind of fun, young, 
Uh, we saw it out there in Seattle, and and they're looking to uh, once again challenge the Astros. Although they didn't challenge the Astros last year, but once again try to make the playoffs. Is it somebody in the Central? Could the disappointing White Sox maybe bounce back this year? Is it one of those other teams in the Central? Twins, Tigers, Royals, and how about in the West? You know, do the Rangers finally do something this year? Do the Angels finally make the playoffs? Is there kind of a is there an under the radar team you could see making a splash in 2023 in the AL? Well, you know, Cliff, I think that uh, there's maybe two teams. For me, I would say maybe the Tigers and Rangers. And both of them kind of started making free agent splashes last off season before this. And then things didn't really come together in the first year after that. Both of those teams seem like they've, uh, they've kind of stayed on that course. And the Rangers even continued making big, big expenditures. Um, of course, they made the big signing of Jacob deGrom. He's uh, you know, it, it's strange that he's a Texas Ranger, but you know that, that that's a great pitcher right there. And if he, as long as he's somewhat healthy, that's a huge improvement for their team. So I think that even though the Rangers only won 68 win, uh, games last year, I think they could potentially be a team that's like, okay, suddenly they're everything just kind of comes together with what they've been doing over a couple of years, and then suddenly they win like 20 more games than last year, and they're in the AL wild card race. Mark, how about the NL? The, the Everybody trying to uh, take the NL East away from the Atlanta Braves, who have dominated it over the last few years. The Mets loaded up on arms. The Phillies loaded up on bats. So they both look good heading into the year. And then out west, uh, the Padres, 89 wins last year and uh, trying to make some noise in postseason play now. They uh, will be chasing the big, bad Dodgers once again. So how about in the NL? Uh, what, what are the uh, the storylines, the headlines you think that you'll be looking at? You know, right now I'm sitting here, I'm looking at the NL standings from last year, and it's just, I, I've forgotten. It blows my mind. Both the Braves and Mets, 101. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I, and, and, you know, so... The way it is now, you get, okay, somebody had to settle for being a wild card. It was 101 wins. That's wild. Um, As far as the surprise teams, uh, you know, I feel like like the NL is less poised to have a surprise. It seems like the the rich kind of stayed rich, so to speak, as far as who's got the talent. Um, Maybe somebody like, you couldn't even call it as much of a surprise. I mean, the Padres have certainly been spending a ton of money and whatever, but they haven't really fielded an elite team up until this point. Um, they were 89 and 73 last year. I feel like maybe that could be a team where they, you know, of course, in the NL West with the Dodgers winning 111 games, even if Padres win like six more games and have 95 wins, they're still, uh, they're still way behind the pace. But um, I, I guess to, to, to me, maybe it would be not a surprise, but interesting if the Padres kind of finally put it together with all their, just, just huge contracts. I mean, they've got what Machado, Tatis. They just signed Xander Bogarts to another one of these multi-hundred million dollar contracts. There's just there's so much uh, money and talent on that roster. It seems like it's got to click in a big way one of these years. Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com. If you go to Camden Chat, it's all things O's. If you go to say the Baltimore Sun, there's probably you know what I'll look at it right now. There's uh, 
here we go uh one two yeah you'll, you'll get like seven stories on lamar jackson and then maybe some o's talk right <laughs> the lamar jackson stuff dominating the headlines in baltimore how many like how many games in a row would the o's have to win to get above lamar jackson at this point uh mark oh boy well i mean i guess that would depend on is there like a daily drama like update does that eventually stop because i, I swear for like the last week and a half it's been like every day there's been some new thing because of course i if your listeners maybe don't know lamar jackson of course uh really high ceiling quarterback he's had some injury problems. Now he's going through this contract dispute, and he is his own agent. He does not have an agent, so yeah. he's just kind of at the moment. It, it just seems like he's kind of um, really taking it personally in a way that a player who just has an agent to handle the business stuff is not going to do. And right. so it's just like you know, like I, I think I just saw this morning. He was just like on Twitter, just like taking questions from fans about whatever and. You know, that generates a whole other round of, oh, Lamar Jackson said this, Lamar Jackson said that. And it's just, it's weird. As, as somebody who has followed the Ravens since, since they moved to Baltimore, they've been an organization that has really not had this kind of, like, weird just drama, you know? And it's it just seems like this offseason, it's all just blowing up all at once. So, I don't know, maybe if the Orioles open up 12-0, and that would push them ahead of Lamar Jackson's daily update. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But it, it feels... Uh, it feels interminable right now until there's a resolution. Mark Brown, CamdenChad.com. Mark, I'm in a trivia mood. I got trivia tonight. I've got an opening day category. Uh, so real quick, can I run over some uh, Orioles opening day starting pitchers uh, and, and you you try to guess these guys? Oh, boy. Okay. Let's, <laughs> Let's go. We'll, I do. All right. 2010, they had a former Brave and Ranger uh, opening day starter on the mound. Big righty. Oh, that's 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 Kevin Millwood. <laughs> I, I remember him because I was annoyed when they traded for him. He was not a good Oriole. So there you go. But yeah, yeah, very good. Um, all right, here's an interesting name. 2004. I remember him as kind of a chunky uh, guy, right-hander. Uh, let's see. Also played for the boy. He played for a lot of teams. The Cardinals, Yankees, uh, Twins, Rangers. Um, look, he was born in Aruba. This uh, big right-hander. You, when you said chunky, I knew that had to be Sidney. <laughs> there it is. When you said Aruba, I was doubly sure it was Sidney Ponson. <laughs> yeah, chunky. Is that a fair way to describe him? Yeah, I think that's okay, right? Uh, he was he was a big dude, also famous for punching a judge. I don't know the details <laughs> of that. But that was in Aruba. Uh, I, I don't. I, I really don't remember any of the details at this point, but. He, he got in trouble for doing that. Wow, the Orioles had okay, so a run of Mike Mussina, uh, Jimmy Key, Pat Hinkin uh, started in '01. Do you remember the starter from 2002, who I thought I remembered more from the '90s, and I remember him. He had sideburns, good-looking guy. Thought he was going to be really good. Uh, oh boy. 2002. Let me see. Was Scott Erickson still around? Scott Erickson is correct. Well done. I remember him kind of what early '90s. He was going to be a big thing, Mark, if I recall. Yeah, I mean, and he was on the Orioles in the mid '90s, and you know, it's funny. I have memories of all these guys. I had a middle school social studies teacher, and uh, he was a big Orioles fan, and he he would always do what he would call it his Scott Erickson impersonation. Um, not always, but I remember him doing it more than once. Like he, you know, he had like his pointer stick. He would use it as a baseball bat, and. Uh, and he would he would kind of throw like pretend he was throwing a ball and then take a swing and then he, he was the pitcher and he would like look and it was a home run and that was like his Scott Erickson <laughs> he thought Scott Erickson always gave up home runs 
Mark Brown knows his O's pitching. And, and finally, Mark, how about the three-time All-Star? Who was the uh, the starter before Mike Mussina took over as the opening day starter in 1994? Who started two straight opening days for the O's? I guess he was on the tail end of his career here. Yeah, you know, uh, I was I was younger then. I was so I guess in '94 I was ten at the start of the season. So I I don't remember that, that was Messina. Before that was Rick Sutcliffe. I guess uh, closing out his yeah, career. Sure, he threw he threw the first uh, game in Kim and Yard's history. Oh wow! I forgot he was still around in '93 as well. Yeah, so, um, there you go. Some great names there, Mark. Uh, some others I, I left some out, but. Of course, Dylan Bundy and Kevin Gossman. Gossman's still pitching, I believe, right? Yeah, see, I thought you were going to try and hit me with, like, Rodrigo Lopez or something. <laughs> yeah, there's um, – Yeah, 05, 06, Rodrigo Lopez. Eric Bedard in 07, Mark. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, a lot of these guys, you hear their names, and it's like, wow, no wonder the Orioles were bad for a lot of these years. But uh, Bedard, of course, had a very good year and then got traded for Adam Jones and Chris Tillman, which – in the long run, worked out pretty well for the Orioles franchise. And for folks uh, tuning in that are going to be a trivia tonight, I left out one name uh, that started multiple opening days for the Orioles that will be a question tonight. So we will not uh, talk about that, Mark. We will instead uh, get ready to wrap up this conversation. And uh, a lot going on right now, I assume, at CamdenChat.com. So if folks want to head over there right now or tonight before opening day, what kind of stuff you got going on, Mark? Well, Cliff, we are pre. Of course, we're previewing the season. Uh, just today, I put up a post where people can drop in and make their own predictions and leave uh, leave some thoughts about their hopes for the 2023 season. Um, I made my own wild prediction last year that the Orioles would break their streak of uh, not having a winning month, which had had almost stretched for five years. Wow! It reached five years in August, and they had a winning month in July. So that was a good wild prediction for me. Uh, today, we're also looking at the bullpen. And uh, people can uh, introduce themselves if they would like. And uh, let's see, we've also recently got the Gunnar Henderson case for why he should be good enough to win the AL Rookie of the Year, which I personally hope that one comes true. And one more question for those of you having your uh, final night uh, here without baseball uh, fantasy draft. And I've asked you this in years past. It's been a very short list, Mark. But how about a, a fantasy guy or two to kind of target for from the Orioles maybe in the the mid to later rounds that might get you some points you like uh Henderson obviously anybody else uh, come to mind for you oh uh, yeah you know it's been so long since I played fantasy baseball I I do like Henderson I mean Adley Rutschman as a catcher with the offense he has should hopefully be good I feel like a guy like Cedric Mullins you know you're going to get some home runs as well as stolen bases um from center field so you know I guess the number one guy there is like Mike Trout, but if you want to get like later value, maybe Mullins is a guy like that. Hey, we got some names at least this year. You've been struggling to come up with some in years past. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, Felix Bautista as the closer, I think, has potential to do be an interesting pick as well. Yeah. He doesn't have a huge track record, but he was pretty good as the closer in the uh, last couple months of last year. And certainly the 2023 Orioles are going to be hoping he can carry that forward. And, you know, in, in past years, if you had multiple Orioles, you probably had a bad fantasy baseball team. <laughs> this year, for the first time in in a while, if you've ended up with, for some reason, two or three Orioles, if they're the right two or three guys, I, I think you don't have to necessarily be uh, depressed about your roster. Uh, Mark, good stuff, man. Looking forward to checking out some O's baseball this season on Pirate Radio and, of course, our chats throughout the season. And, by the way, Mark, something cool going on. Pirate Radio is bringing a uh, legend to tad before our time but certainly uh we all know the name dale murphy 
is coming to town this weekend and will be speaking and uh, hanging out. I'll actually be able to watch the Braves and Nationals with Dale Murphy on Sunday. So that's like a bucket list deal. Uh, so we got that coming up this weekend. So excited for a uh, big baseball weekend here, Mark. Yeah, that sounds great. He was a little bit before my time as well, uh, but I hope everybody who is there has a great time. I'm sure uh, I'm sure it would be interesting to hear what he's got to say. Mark, uh, thanks for joining us, man. We'll keep in touch and uh, talk more O's baseball with you. We'll uh, Let's hook up in April sometime. All right, that sounds good. Let's hope we've got some good early Orioles news. Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. We'll check in with him throughout the season. Talk O's baseball, Major League Baseball here. We had the Players Lounge on Monday. Mully yesterday. RV from J.H. Rose uh, yesterday. Bryce Harmon was going to join us today. Uh, he had to reschedule with us. We're going to talk to him next week. He, uh, the former Pirate first baseman, now a scout for the Philadelphia Phillies, and he's got a lot going on. Busy man and uh looking forward to catching up with him next week but a lot of baseball going on and we're talking about it right here on pirate radio we'll take a time out come back and wrap up hour number one of pirate radio live we'll talk more baseball in hour two plus some hoops and football with patrick mason from the daily reflector it's all ahead pirate radio live on a wednesday back with you after this Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Watch all of Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. You can watch Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday from 3 until 6, and of course, the Bud Light pregame tailgate and the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. All you got to do is go to YouTube, search Pirate Radio TV, click on that subscribe button, and while you're at it, click on the like button too. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Back with you on a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll talk more Pirate Baseball, Hour 2 with Patrick Mason. Some of our viewers have a suggestions, I guess, on maybe how ECU could turn things around on the midweek and it sounds like it's about focus. So Chandler Honeycutt, um, his goal in 2023 was to be more focused. And i got to say, all the jobs he's knocking out right now, I think it's working quite well. I think his focus is on point. Uh, Craig says, man, that 30 minutes on Pirate Radio Live takes away so much time from the batting cage. Just like when they sleep at night, no more sleep for the players, so much wasted time. There's only so many hours of the day and these these players are wasting it sleeping in their beds when they could be hitting, when they could be fine-tuning their craft. Mike says, how much time do they waste eating? Go get reps. Just think, if the, ba- if the players skip meals and sleeping and coming on this show, how much more time they'd have to focus on baseball? Each bite that you take of that salad or maybe that steak, you could be taking a swing yeah you could be in the batting cage hitting off the tee or you know getting an extra rep in but no you're just too busy eating too busy eating how selfish of you too busy sleeping 
too busy talking here at this microphone it's time to focus focus up only on midweeks you're doing whatever you're doing on the weekend that's fine you're eating you're sleeping and you're not talking to us yeah. so you're doing great uh it's those midweeks we gotta we gotta take care of uh we'll see if patrick mason has any suggestions on uh how the pirates can turn things around on the midweek where they are struggling at the moment let's uh take a break we'll come back hour two pirate radio live p mace will join us got billy weaver coming up hour three we'll make you a winner in hour three as well and a lot more discussion prl rolls on on a wednesday is it halloween it, we got this music and shirley's talking about the bud light pregame tailgate i'm starting in football mode let's kick it off back with you after this Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. <laughs> Thinking about taking out uh, takeout tonight. Familia can make everything real easy for you with a great selection of Italian food and more. Visit FamiliaNC.com to see the full menu featuring pizzas, pastas, salads, and homemade desserts. Place your order online or call 689-6330 and Familia will have your order ready in their convenient drive through window for pickup. Finish up a busy day with a great dinner for yourself or your family from Familia. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is the Clipper. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Okay, I have to ask a question. What was that look for? Because both of you looked in my general direction just as I was throwing it to you. Uh, We were talking about jury duty. It had nothing to do with you. Maybe we were just like... But just it just so happened I looked up and you both were staring at me and I'm like, what did I do? I was like, one of two things has happened. Either something has happened and it's my fault and you're looking at me, or two, y'all were talking about me and then looking at me. I can guarantee we weren't talking about you. Okay, just checking. Oh, Patrick's mic didn't even know. Last week, one week ago, we needed you, Shirley, because um, our hearing went out. Yes. So... It, it was not an electrical issue either uh, that we were looking at you after. So, no, I have. Um, can I say that I have jury duty coming up, or is that against the rules? I think no, I'm just not allowed to talk jury. about a case. You're just not allowed to talk about the details of the case. The deeds. But, uh, you can say that you have been requested for jury duty. Yeah. So, uh, there, uh, there's a chance. I don't know. LRB slides in, or maybe Chandler Uh-oh. takes back over in the big chair, and he could give you. He's like a fortune teller. He tells you what games are coming up the night after. Either that or you're getting three hours of karaoke. It's going to be one of the two. <laughs> Chandler, I would much prefer that. <laughs> that would be fun. You ready to take over, Chan Man? Sure. You are, man. You're prepared now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah, no. All right. A um, couple things to take care of, Patrick. Welcome. Welcome. By the way, I tweeted earlier today, 
did, did. did y'all see this tweet no i did not okay good chandler do you know what i'm referring to I'm not do sure you? Exactly. i don't think so all right so if i say thank you shirley thank you Butcher. you're welcome chandler thank you you're welcome patrick thank you appreciate it for what for that thing you did oh thanks <laughs> okay <laughs> that's a weird response i would say a common response would be you're welcome or anytime anytime don't mention it don't sweat it no don't problem. sweat it no. i think i say no problem no yeah. problem no you say thank you thanks thanks <laughs> thanks for hey, thank you for that thank, thank, thank you thank you it's the midwest in me and then you just get into a thank off how's <laughs> no, it gonna thank end you. no thank you all right have you noticed i've no, i noticed something i noticed especially with with younger people especially with young women nowadays when you say thank you like if i'm at a restaurant or i guess uh convenience uh, a store or whatever and i say thank you do you know have you heard a new response to that before i say what it is sure thing no i haven't noticed a new one it's not something i pay that close attention to what i've noticed is when i say thank you especially to a younger woman they say of course Hmm. anybody notice that of course now that you mention it yeah i've heard that before yeah now think about it and and report back to me if you hear of course because i hear it all the time now of course is it just like the setting you're saying this in because like they're maybe like providing something and it's like yeah of course well sure but it's just like it's always been like i've always said thank you at those settings and i've never heard of course until recently Hmm. of course and it's polite it's nice it's, and I'm not saying I'm for it or against it. I'm just saying it's an ob- observation that I'm... <laughs> thank, thank me for something. Thank you. Of course. That's it. I hear that a lot these days. Of course. I wonder where that came from, where it started, and uh, anybody else out there hearing that. Have you noticed it? it I, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what Patrick said. Have you noticed it more like in a food establishment? Like if you're yeah. being served something? It's usually food like where am i thinking because i wonder if you're saying of course because it's being followed or being of course is being followed from an action by like holding like, the door like holding the door or handing you a plate or I handing hear you. you a drink i hear you but we've always said thank you for those things right yeah these so kids yeah. now in their day it's the same things we've always said thank you for but now i'm getting in of course and i'm not saying it's bad I'm not saying it's good. It's just an observation. It's just different. Yeah, right. It's different. Uh, is it new? I don't know. You're I so observant. Really, I, I mean, I've I've heard the phrase being used in that context, yes, but I just never noticed it being more prevalent. Yeah. Because I just, the only thing I'm making a conscious effort to, to do is to say thank you. And then after that, it's hey. After that, if they respond, great. If they don't, that's when it gets my attention. <laughs> because i'd be like uh you're welcome just saying wait you don't do that though i do do that (laughs) (laughs) if i say thank you and someone does not respond with either with an appropriate response i I don't like confrontation i wouldn't do that i will tell you exactly the one that irritates me the most (laughs) is if i hold the door for you yeah Mm. either i hold it open or let's say for example i'm i'm coming out of uh, a 
convenience store and that, I just kind of yeah, keep the door from it. shutting on you and you walk in, yeah. the least you could do is say thank you yeah. in that respect. If someone walks past me and does not acknowledge that I have hold, held the door open, I will turn and look and say, you're welcome. You're, oh, man. Well, now it just sounds like you're doing it. No, because I'm, look, I was raised to say thank you. Of course. <laughs> that was interesting. Was but that, that was I a was, different context. Right. But I was raised to say you're thank agreeing. you. And I say it every single time someone holds a door open that for happens me. happens to me. I say thank you. But Maybe they weren't raised that way. Well, do if you, they weren't raised that way, they have bad manners. Do you know where that happens to me the most? At right. like a, key, a, a convenience store <laughs> or a gas station. The only place with doors being opened. <laughs> I, just, I just noticed that, well, the reason why I say gas station or convenience store is because yesterday it happened to me where I opened the door someone was walking in i just kept it open and let them walk past and they didn't say thank you and i turned and looked at them and said you're welcome and what did they do they just kind of i think they were more shocked that i said something i, I would be shocked yeah. and but i just then kept again, right on walking. i'm a man i say thank you and you're welcome yeah but I, I kept on walking like i wasn't standing there waiting for them to say something back so i could pick a fight or something i just said you're welcome and i walked away randolph is with shirley on this one he says uh, by the way good afternoon guys and shirley boom boom fellas hit those likes <laughs> he says i'm with shirley boom, boom, boom. Now, let me oh, no. i'm the same way you're welcome no place for bad manners I mean, I was just, that's, that's, I just, I won't, if somebody doesn't say thank you, well, I did my part. If you don't want to do yours, that's fine. I've done, and I'm a big door hold guy. I think I go too far. If it was, if it was an older person, (laughs) if it was an older person, I, I am more reluctant to say that. So you're an ageist. There's an age cut You're absolutely right. But doggone it, if you are 18 and under and you walk past that door and you don't say you're welcome. If a three-year-old comes in, I hold the door, they don't say thank you, I just kick them right in the heart. Kick them. Because they're at a perfect uh, kick height, Shirley. (laughs) You just boot them. No, no, no. If they're toddler age, I'd I'd let that slide. I'm talking about when you're of the age that you know better. I am an ex- you better say you're welcome. <laughs> I am an extreme door holder. I have been at a speedway before, to be sp- specific. Oh, no. And halfway from the gas station <laughs> to the door, yeah. I will hold the door I for do them. I too. I see them like just and leaving I, the gas station. Do like you tell people tank? sometimes to slow down? Like, no, nah, it's good, man. Because they'll like speed up. Be there. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, hey, keep your same stride, man. I'm holding this door for you <laughs> on your time, on your speed. They'll see me and they'll go, oh, okay. I've got and nowhere like, to no. be today. So yeah. take your time but to walk through the door. Just say I you're welcome. I love holding the door for people. Or just say thank you. My trip to Sheets today, I got a twofer. I had uh, two coming in. I got there. The new sheets. There's. Uh, Is that where I saw you coming from earlier? Yes, it was. And uh, there's two double doors. I went in one side. These two girls came in the other. Jumped up. Boom. Got the door. One, two. Double. Man. Two two birds with one stone. That had to make you feel really I was nice. actually coming from there myself. Guess what, Charlie? I got two thank yous. Hey. That's what I'm saying. Just at least say thank you. A pre- just take a slight moment to acknowledge the kindness that someone has extended to you if you can't find 0.2 seconds to say thank you then you deserve the you're welcome that's coming right at you if i'm the one that's opening the door speaking of you deserve it speaking of responses to thank you guess what i say sometimes say thank you thank you chandler mm-hmm. oh i don't like that one uh-huh it's all right though, as long as it's mm-hmm. it's, it's loud it, it's, i do it's, that one in public 
borderline, borderline. What about what about yep? So the, uh, yeah, hey, I do that uh, one too. Yeah, you know. and it's it's I probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's 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 towing that line. In my opinion. To be fair, no one I guess asked to have the door hold for them. It's True, just, it's just kind of a thing you do. Well, in the yeah. south, that's what you know. It's it's <laughs> customary. And when I walk up and somebody's holding the door, I say, "I didn't ask for this." Yeah. <laughs> in the north, we we hold the door therefore, closed. And, therefore, <laughs> yeah, good luck getting in wait, here. Wait, wait. Look, my story. If you say you didn't I ask for this, this therefore you're absconding your your responsibility of having to say thank you. Correct. Yeah. 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 You're absolving I'm, I'm yourself of that here. responsibility. I'm on my own. I'll, I'll open up my door. I don't need your charity, pal. <laughs> Yeah, you want to you want to find out where that happens a lot. Go to go up north. All right, uh, good chat. If anybody has, yeah, would like times, to chime in times. on manners, you can do so. We got a lot of. Uh, let's see, Blake's with Shirley. Uh, he says he does it to his wife all the time. Oh, that's what, kind of says a you're safe, welcome. That's a yes. safe place, though. I'm yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when she doesn't say thank you, she absolutely hates it. So. When they get divorced, that will be the reason well, why. Well, you know what, Blake? Maybe she should be saying thank Teach you a little more often. Teach that woman some manners. I, I'm not. Um, be careful with that. However. <laughs> what do you mean? Now it, This is a saucy segment here. It is a saucy segment. So you don't do it to elders. You can't do it to women. Like, so who are you targeting here? 18-year-old yeah, 18 year old men? Yeah. No. 18-year-olds in general. Right. Able-bodied men. <laughs> <laughs> Look no, out. I mean, elderly folks, I, I, you know, because I respect your elders. <laughs> Eric says going out of your way to hold the door for another woman when you're with your wife <laughs> equals instant parking lot fight. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Well, no, I don't, I don't view it that way. No, no. Some folks might view it that way. I don't, I just view it as someone trying to be nice. I hold the door for everybody. That's how I view it. And if you can't say thank you to someone who is taking just a minute portion of their day to do something nice for you, then you deserve the you're welcome that's coming your way. That's all I'm saying. Here's a scenario I was at recently. Man and his significant other woman were walking into a building. He holds the door open for his wife, steps to the side, and here I am coming in, and I give the... No, non-verbal, but like, go ahead. Go, go ahead, yes. He, he go gives, be with your lady. He gives me the go-ahead verbal. So now, I'm for like half a second, it's me and his wife in the store before he gets in. Uh-oh. Right. And that's awkward. But I feel like now I have to protect her before... <laughs> All right. Okay, that's, guys, that's, that's on, getting into ever, the weeds there, Clip. You guys ever have the double door scenario where someone holds it for you in the first door, and then you, you walk in, and then you feel like you have to hold open yes, the second you door? Yeah, it is you so weird. And it's like the it's it's really awkward. Society is, is just off its rocker sometimes. We can just be able no, to walk you, in. No, when you have a double door situation, you reciprocate. If, someone, if, <laughs> if I hold the door open for you, and you walk in, so it's better to hold I the first door I, because you get into your destination quicker because you get the door held for you in the second door. Well, this it's, is it's true, like, but it's, it's like a reciprocation it's, it's when like you have a, double that doors. That is so strange. What? The one in Zaxby's uh, on on Memorial, it, there's a door and immediately another door. Right. Yeah. And it's just, what it's do you do? Yeah. What do you do? I'm just saying, say thank you. That's yeah. all I'm saying. We need classes for this. Of course. And instead of that of course. dumb trigonometry stuff, let's learn about basic... Door holding. By uh, norms. 
Yeah, they should. Yeah, they should because there's a lot of kids out there that don't know simple, basic things. When you're running in for a Pop-Tart and a Monster, be sure to say thank you. I'm mm-hmm. pro- yeah, I'm a professor at ECU. Oh, what do you teach? Science? What do you teach? Uh, communications? Maybe literature? No, door holding. Convenience store etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say that is where we all congregate the most, whether you are in the, you know, yeah. upper class, middle class, lower class. We're all Everybody, going to the convenience yeah, store. Everybody's got to get gas or, or something to eat or something to drink. Yeah. Um... William says everyone in Eastern North Carolina always says, have a good one. That is true. I'm a big have a good yeah, one guy. I am a, yeah? I'm the same they all one. say that? Oh, yeah, all the time. Yep. They all have good so ones. many people say that to me. I don't want anyone to have a bad one. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, because you imagine how much off your rocker you would be if somebody <laughs> would just say, yeah, have a bad one. <laughs> have a, what? Have a mediocre day. Yeah, yeah. Crappy day. Have an average day. Average. All right, good talk. Uh, before we move along and talk real sports on the show, uh, got some soup questions for Patrick. Uh, Mike P. He asked this right when we came on the air today: Is pudding the soup of desserts? Ooh, I do like a good pudding. So, but I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say no, but okay. maybe. Well, it turns <laughs> no, into maybe. soup when you put it into your mouth i mean it's not i would say i would say soup and pudding jello. is the chili of soups okay that, that's probably because the, the texture little, is thicker you're right you know it's then not I more would of a take, liquid then i would go jello would be the soup of desserts hey so yesterday real quick after the uh baseball game finished we went out of the field for interviews and chandler turns to me and goes it's a little chilly it'd be a good day for soup today and I said, you know what? <laughs> You're right, man. I told I told that story before you came you on. You did. It was uh, such yeah. a great story. He had to tell it earlier. <laughs> was, was it similar? Did, did we tell it? Yeah, pretty much word it was for word. Basically word. He for even word. did that little chuckle that you did. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of creepy. Yeah. yeah, how similar that. But story it was, was. I mean, last night was very. The wind was, you know, howling. It was very chilly. I got sunburned and, in the morning and was cold at night. And I mean, I needed some soup. Yeah. And as one does that's what i like mike also asked what kind of soup do you think could turn around ecu's midweek woes what would you recommend maybe uh some sort of chowder i'm feeling a chowder yeah kind of hearty but also like pretty tasty kind of gets the gets the senses going a little bit guess what i had for lunch yesterday chicken corn chowder soup oh baby right here in pirate radio johnny says not saying thank you is more messed up than a soup sandwich yeah that sounds gross yeah he's probably right bread? Ugh uh also can patrick hold a door open while while also holding soup <laughs> yes now you can but what if it's just fresh out of the microwave yesterday i had to do the because i went from the kitchen to in here where i'm not supposed to eat and i had to go like two hands around the rim of the bowl it's really hot because it's so hot yeah. down low you so could, you ever do the claw grip and just go from ooh. the top? It's risky, but I was about to say that's very risky. You must. Do you have a big hand? Can you palm a basketball? I can. Yeah, you got big uh, fingers, long yeah. fingers. But yeah, it's. Dude, I I would no, I would like crumble it up. It would. I, I'd be scared to do that. Yeah, I guess it depends on the what the diameter circumference of the bowl. Well, yeah, if I got a little dainty bowl, then sure. But oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm a man. I like <laughs> a man's bowl of soup. You know what I'm saying? uh we had a question uh how far out and kevin i was going to get to this before chandler mentioned how much he is a door holding guy he says how far out do you wait 10 feet 20 feet he said i think weather is the strongest determining factor 
So you're, if, if I'm picking up what you're putting down, you're saying if it's a bad weather day, you're holding it longer? Maybe even less because you don't want to get soaked either. You don't want to stand outside. Oh, but when you're holding the door, it's not about you. It's about, unless you're Shirley who wants to thank you. <laughs> it's about the other person coming in. And here's another thing with me at convenience stores more specifically, but say me and this other person are at the same angle at the uh, as the door. They see me speed up, and they're probably thinking, ah, this jerk, he wants to go in there before me. He wants to get inside before – no, I'm speeding up so I can get to you before – so I can get to the door before you so I can hold the door for you. I say I whatever really, way it swings. That's the, the person. Which way do you swing? hey <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the way the responsibility falls. No, uh, but I will speed yeah, walk to the door. If of I course. see somebody's like, yeah. I will be like, no, I'm going to be holding the door for because you. Because you're selfless. I really exactly. want to time really my trips awkward. with you guys so I can, you know, be escorted into stores now. You guys have really good door holding. Yeah, what's really <laughs> awkward is I, if a, you get to a a door, especially if it's two doors right there at the front, and you get there at the same time and you both open respective <laughs> the door. door. Yeah. And then you're kind of staring at each other. Because you don't know who has the right of way at that point. <laughs> at that point, you just at that point it is a free for all. You wing it yeah. and just get in there. I always give the palm up, go ahead. Do you, ever, do you ever say thank you if someone opens up the automatic sliding door first? And just no. Go, hey, thanks no, thanks because, for standing and getting no, there first, my guy. <laughs> I appreciate this. That no, is, that doesn't count. Sometimes my head's taller up there, so I might ring the sensor first. You know, I think I deserve a thank you. If somebody said thank you to me in that scenario, I would think they're crazy. Therefore, I'm not giving you say, of thank course. You. It just opens. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So along that same line, do you say thank you if you hit the button that that opens the door you know how some places have a oh, uh, sure. handicap button that uh forces the door open i say it yes. doesn't I slide say, open I you yes. did an action in that case right. so I yeah would you say did yes. an action yes yeah. of course but walking is an action of course. of course uh who has better manners southerners or midwesterners i i don't know it, it's honestly close what i noticed when i first moved down here when i was walking my dog you had to have like a free hand to wave at everyone in the car like you know driving <laughs> by. a lot of waving so going yeah. Yeah. Yep. a lot yep. of waving but people in the midwest are very nice as well everyone just says thank you all the time for everything like overthinking. yeah and yeah. i think i think i i do that too myself like thank you thank you like someone brings you a, a napkin or a fork or just i mean everything is a thank you of so. course <laughs> of course let's see um Soup out of a microwave or from a stovetop? Oh, stovetop. Stovetop. Microwave Soup is good. It, it's just hard to, you got to stir it. And yeah. I mean, it, it just takes. Like a one long. part of it is like it's a million degrees. <laughs> the other part is ice cold. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah that's that's not good. So now, are you talking about warming it up after it's already been cooked? Like, let's say it's a leftover from like the day before. I'm probably both or, on either. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm not a fan of cooking soup from scratch in a microwave it has to be done on a stovetop mike says if it results in a slight jog to the door it's too long i disagree man I, that's just the kind of person i am i'll hold it if i see you pulling into the gas station <laughs> you hadn't even parked it i'm holding the door the, okay okay the only time i'll do a slight Just jog to the cam. door does that car have his turn signal i think so here i'm gonna hold the door <laughs> the only time i do a slight jog is if the person that is approaching it is attractive if i it, it i'm gonna be honest with you no, no i'll do a slight jog no you're saying I'll do a slight jog. 
no you're we're talking about two different things here though <laughs> he's saying you're holding the door the person's so far out they have to do a jog oh oh you're oh. saying you're jogging to, to, the, get door, to the door to get to, to the door it. to open the door that's a little that aggressive shirley it is aggressive which is what i said earlier i i'll speed walk to get to the door just to hold the door oh okay i thought you were talking about something different too but no, i, I have speed walk but going if, above someone, beyond the call. if someone opens the door for we me and i'm a ways out i will speed up i will yeah, yeah. i will we actually jog that. up i and, do too yeah i always uh all right we all do we got all that everybody good okay does yeah. everybody got this written down there's going to be a pop quiz on this later in summation ecu lost to uncw last <laughs> night and there is your recap so there you go uh, we'll take a break. Come back. More to go. Patrick Mason was at Clark McClary. He was also on the practice fields at ECU for Media Day, uh, Pro Day, I should call it, because that's what it's called. Yesterday, we will discuss that and more when we return. Pirate Radio Live here on a Hold the Door Wednesday. Back with you after this. <laughs> You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance, insurance questions call 756-8300 today now let's head back in to pirate radio live here is your host clip rock back with you pirate radio looking at a mlb trade of not much consequence christian pache former brave former brave headed to the phillies from the a's um pretty soon patrick will be watching some chicago white Sox baseball on your wednesday visits uh yes. what are your thoughts on the underachieving 22 white Sox, and uh how can they do better in 23 um i'm i guess optimistic but they they have to stay healthy i know i feel like a lot of teams have to say that but they've just been decimated by injuries the past few years um they got a new manager um but they have, if they stay healthy i think they should be all right they got enough talent to win the division but like they don't have any depth they don't have like any sort of help in the the high minors so like if these guys get hurt it's going to be an issue again but I'm, I'm pretty excited for this year how many current managers in major league baseball could you name um could you get to double digits i don't know <laughs> maybe <laughs> let's let's go through some real quick do you know the braves manager uh is that brian snicker snicker correct yeah uh cubs uh david ross former catcher yeah that's two um old pitcher pitching coach rockies i'm not sure the rockies bud black bud black okay yeah. uh dodgers um oh my gosh <laughs> What's dave his? yeah dave martinez or roberts roberts i'm not gonna give you that one don't give me that one milwaukee brewers used to have a funky bag that's okay that's three new york mets been around forever um bobby no uh show walter buck show walter that's four we're trying to get to 10 giants weirdo coach the phillies former player 
I don't know the Giants. Tan works out. Gabe Kapler. Okay. Um. All right. Let's go AL. Let's try to get six more here. Um. Do you know the Red Sox? Former player was involved in the yeah uh, in the, the cheating deal. scandal. Yeah. Yeah. Um. His name is escaping me. Alex Cora. Alex Cora. Guardians been around forever. Tito. Yeah. Francona. That's five. Um. Astros. Oh, Astros is um, another old. dude. Old. Old guy. Yeah. Dusty Baker. Yeah. Six. Um, do you know the White Sox manager's name? Pedro Grafal. <laughs> All right. Never heard of him. That's seven. Royals bench coach. Uh, twins have a former Ray. Yeah, I don't know manager. the Twins fan. Rocco Baldelli is their manager. Baldelli, okay. Yankees. Yankees is... It's not... Um, former Boone. infielder, Aaron Boone. Is it still Boone? I'll give you eight. Seattle Mariners, former Cubs catcher. Uh, Scott Service. There's nine. Rangers, old guy, former manager of the Giants. I don't know. It's not Ron Washington? <laughs> no, he's still with the Braves. <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, Bruce Bochy. That's right. He got rehired. Do you remember the former Padre that is the manager of the Angels? Probably not. No. Phil Nevin. Phil Nevin. I'm trying to get this 10th. Um, hmm. We might not get to 10. I I mean, you did better than I could, probably. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of some teams. Nationals? No. Padres? You said it earlier. Martinez? Dave Martinez. Yeah. He, I knew he was somewhere. Uh, yeah. So, Mark Kotze. A lot of former players now. Kotze is with the A's. Do you know the Rays manager's name? Nope. Kevin Cash. Kevin He's been Cash. there a little while. I, I should have known that. Tigers have a former catcher as their manager. Is that, Wait, is this is the it guy? Brad Osmus? No, he was a manager. Is this the guy? That, yeah. He, he's the, the Tigers. A.J. Hinch. Yeah. That's right. All right, so Orioles, you probably don't know their manager. Brandon Hyde. No. All right. I well, wanted the Sox to hire A.J. Hinch. So is this his first year back? No, he, he's been back for like two or three years. Like right. they, they were supposed to hire him, but the Sox went Tony Larusa route. So this is like AJ Hinch's third year with the Hinch uh, twenty twenty one. That's right. Yeah, uh, but no more sleepy Larusa. Thankfully, that experiment really failed. They just punted on two years of yeah. The, like I don't know what they were thinking with a hip young fun team, and they brought in Tony Larusa, the oldest grumpiest old school man to wear can. those. Um, really cool city jerseys. yeah he he was just brutal yeah. I, oh, I still have nightmares about those two years all right um i have nightmares about midweek baseball games yeah it's understandable by the way uh somebody on i think it's probably eric he said big thanks to the menace for taking it easy on coach goblin last night <laughs> <laughs> well i yeah i i don't know it Okay, I am not that that nervous about about how they're playing in the midweek. the The teams are very they're very good. They're really tough, and I know ECU is, is good as well. But I mean, it's essentially you get one shot at these teams. It's a one off. You got the midweeks for both teams. You're just throwing a, a bunch of random players. Can I have a rebuttal? Yeah, go ahead. The, the one offs. You've lost twice to Campbell and twice to UNCW. So there are at least two offs at this point. I think I'm just saying Jake Hunter started both those UNCW games, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying like it's not. It's mostly a staff game in these midweek games, and sometimes a lot of these other midweek opponents are treating it like it's a weekend game. Well, I'm more like like Campbell's throwing like their dogs, and I'm more concerned about the hitting midweek than I am the pitching. And the weird part is, it's the same lineup 
during the weekend that it is midweek but i did say earlier you're playing better teams midweek right now than you're playing on the weekends yeah and i think it, the more you get into it like the later you get in the season these the weekends are, are kind of how you're set up anyway you're going to have your pitching staff set up and i mean right now that's it's what it is you you, you pitch awesome in the weekends and by the time you get to the midweek it's kind of like a, an all-staff game uh looking at the offense last night you had the home run from jacob jenkins coward outside of that that was the only extra base hit for the mm-hmm. pirates last night out of their six hits so i don't know can can you go anywhere with this lineup right now can you are there any heroes uh, on the bench to bring in or does godwin just stick with what he's got right now i mean there's, there's plenty of guys you can go with but i, I think right now it's kind of I feel like it's kind of set. I mean, you can interchange some guys, like especially some of the outfielders. And you see Riley Johnson playing a little bit, um, Carter Cunningham, and those guys. And um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of what it is. And these guys just have to hit. I mean, sometimes they you just don't hit. That's what baseball is all about. Yeah. I mean, Justin Wilcoxon's got a 12 game hitting streak, and you know, I think he had a single yesterday, but. I mean, sometimes it happens. He's had these past two midweeks, the bases loaded. Last night, I think two on, right? And mm-hmm. didn't get a hit in those situations where he is getting hits with runners not on the, you know, it's yeah. just kind of one of those deals. Yeah. And like, you know, if you get a hit there, everyone's, hey, everything's smooth. Everything's fine. I mean, sometimes, sometimes baseball just doesn't work out. It's difficult. Like last year when they won, was it 20 games in a row? I mean, that just doesn't happen. Like you're just bound to run into a hot pitcher one day, or you're bound to just swing and miss at some things one day. Like they're 19 and six, I think it's fine. I know they've lost to some good teams, but I don't think there's any reason for it to worry right now. Got Houston on the road this weekend. Uh, what are you doing this weekend, Patrick? Um, actually, going to a wedding uh, and watching some some baseball. Where's your wedding? Range, Alabama. Alabama? Huh? Yeah, it's a high school friend um, who lives out there now. Cool what part uh huntsville not that i know any yeah. geography of alabama i don't it's in the northern part that's all i know so is he a midwestern boy mm-hmm. did he marry a southern belle he did okay so they're gonna have a good old-fashioned southern wedding yeah yeah so we'll see how it is i wonder if there's crawfish involved or what but this is a good time of year for a, i would say a wedding in alabama because like uh, when I think of Alabama wedding, I just think of like sweltering heat in right. the summer. And so just humid and just awful. It's probably a good time to do it. Yeah. Um, Final Four weekend. So what's your focus this weekend? Like Sox baseball or Final Four, if I gave you that option? Honestly, I'm going to go White Sox baseball because I, I love baseball. And I'm going to say women's Final Four. Partly okay. because I was in it. And also, I, I think honestly, if I wasn't an Iowa fan, Caitlin Clark is just too good not to watch. So you are putting your chips in the women's Hawkeyes basket here yep. this weekend. I'm all in. And they play, I'm pretty sure it's South Carolina. Yeah, they're going to get beat by 24. They might. Um, but Caitlin Clark is the most electric player left in either tournament, I would say. She is. I mean, she's fun. Phenomenal. She's jacks threes from the logo. I mean, no one does that. I know. and It's cool. <laughs> I was telling Coach Mack yesterday, he's doing radio, Mac McCarthy. Do you know Mac McCarthy? Uh-uh former ecu basketball coach uh took vc took took uh chattanooga he coached terrell owens in basketball really? at chattanooga <laughs> uh took not the chattanooga minor league baseball team the lookouts <laughs> the mocks to the tournament took him to the sweet 16 one time but anyway he's calling women's games for virginia tech so he'll be in dallas for that but he was talking about all the the three-point shooting and i wish they would let the men borrow some because i will say the scoring has been up 
these last couple rounds but early on it was brutal some brutal shooting oh my goodness in this tournament yeah if you like shot making the tournament's not for you it's been uh it's been rough in that regard but you've got uh miami's still fun to watch with those guards Mm -hmm. and um and they're going to be really good but they run into yukon who has been an absolute power by the way just an update patrick um the standings are final oh yeah because i think everyone's i mean everything's out right you're uh sitting beside a champion right now it's probably cool i always wonder what it would be it, it, like it hasn't sunk in yet so i'll let you know later a champion but when you're the champion you can't really get that feeling lonely at the top huh yeah yeah so, yeah it makes sense i mean i don't think anyone you, do you have you have a final team left final four nope didn't need one <laughs> did not need a single just one. got your workout early and then I'm, I'm done you know how i won this the wackiest tournament of them all how i won the bracket no uh upsets in the first round just go chalk the whole way i didn't go chalk the whole way i had arkansas beating kansas that helped me a lot i I had some some picks that helped me along the way but first round i didn't go any upsets and it turned out that helped me yeah get a lead and and stay in the lead and then it got crazy yeah right yeah it kind of got crazy after that i guess all right let's uh take another break we'll come back uh (laughs) eric we will acknowledge your comment and also uh we'll talk a little pro day and more patrick mason joins us wrap up hour number two back with you after this listening to hour two of pirate radio live do you need custom t-shirts apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event keep it local print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university sportswear enc.com now back to the show Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. They're open every day and have two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. And both Country Mart locations are top-of-the-line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93-ethanol-free high-octane gas. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right. At times, I try to get the topic back on to sports, but then we get questions like this. Uh, is Patrick going to hold the door for everyone at the reception? Ooh, no, that I'm going to say no. Yeah, that would be that's, a lot that's of That's asking holding. too much for me. But, man, down in Bama, just think about how many thank yous you could get. Oh, it'd be tons. Bring up some of those thank yous for Shirley to make up for the ones she doesn't get. I'd probably get thank you notes, even. <laughs> After the fact. <laughs> yeah. Three months later, thank you for holding that door for me. God bless you uh let's see steve also said uh come out to trivia tonight suit man Ooh, yeah it's at eight o'clock right it is i gotta find something to do for like three hours no you don't like i go right after trivia to aj's i'm gonna hang out you mean right after this to aj's correct that's what i meant yeah so like yeah we're sitting around we don't everybody doesn't just come in the door at once and i hold it open at eight o'clock <laughs> it'd we're, be easier though for you if that happened. it would but we're there at 6 30 7 7 30 um patch uh eric says i bet patrick's wedding reception would include a soup fountain 
Oh, man. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. That would be cool. Just kind of dip your bowl under there, a couple different kinds. <laughs> a soup fountain. How does that work? So the soup at the bottom uh, goes back up to the top? Yeah, I guess so. Sounds kind of gross when you think about it. but Yeah, they make it work with chocolate and cheese, right? And then you and your uh, l- uh, lucky wife are, instead of doing like the cake, feeding the cake, you're <laughs> feeding spoonfuls of soup to one another soup just (laughs) dipping the tongue in there oh i'm not not against it yeah you might give me some ideas here was yesterday your first uh pro day experience patrick uh second i was around here yes yeah last year's Uh, same old yeah i mean same old stuff it's just guys in shorts running around yeah and not really knowing what's happening you know there's scouts on one knee with a stopwatch and a piece of paper and they're running around cones and you don't know what they timed how they did and it is a stressful day for the ones participating though it, I mean, oh it really is think if there was that for our profession and you went station to station all right write a lead for this or oh, give me yeah. a headline yeah and like you know right yeah you sit down and go all right do your best right now you only get one chance to do it yeah and yeah, I mean, and that's how it is. And it's, it's oddly quiet out there, too. I mean, you know, there's people talking, but when they're, like, doing the, you know, the cone drill, everyone's, you know, hushed tones, they're holding their breath and watching this guy run around. And, yeah, it, it's got to be a little nerve-wracking. I like the part where they were just kind of running plays, running routes out there, and you could tell Holden had talked about how they had practiced that and gone yeah. over that, and, and everybody uh, played their part well there, I thought, especially Isaiah Winstead looked good in that portion. Keaton Mitchell, obviously, but uh, but and, and Holt Naylor's himself uh, throwing some pretty deep balls yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was cool hearing the receivers talk about it, too. Just like, yeah, you know, it was awesome having a, a guy you're comfortable with throw your passes. And, yeah, I mean, Isaiah looked great out there. And, yeah, Holton was throwing the deep ball. And, um, you know, I, I just thought it was really cool just watching Holton. I feel like he just has this sort of like this leadership quality to yeah. him and that I feel like it has gotta be attractive to at least any sort of team. It's just I think it could only improve that quarterback room, right? I mean a guy who knows the game and just kinda has a good handle on the sport. And you hope by osmosis, uh, that uh Mason Garcia has picked up that trait and just judging off his his uh spring day, spring game, spring practice uh interview is what I'm trying to say. He sounds he sounds mature like he sounds pretty comfortable I think I mean you were that did you get that when you talked to him a couple Saturdays ago yeah and I, my thing is just like it took Holton a while too right to get yeah. good and to get to that spot where he was the man and like you know yeah. it, it's gonna take some time it, it's really a, a very involved position you know so like you know just expecting Mason to have everything a handle on every little thing is, is maybe putting a little too much on him but yeah I mean he seems like a guy who's ready for the moment ready for the it's like his turn and I think he's, he's ready for it yeah but that's the job yeah I he's mean he's gotta it, have a handle oh I, I know but I, I'm just saying it, it does take time like I mean Holton wasn't as super polished as we saw him yeah. you know the last couple of years but sounds like and we'll as we go along in spring and this off season maybe have themes to the week we've talked a lot this week about running backs and we'll hear from rajay harris what he had to say yesterday in a moment but mike houston was reeling off the names on saturday uh with pride he, he was very pleased with <laughs> marlon gunn and the transfer green and 
behind the scenes and in front of the mic he has talked about uh how he thinks bond is going to be a heck of a player here yeah and i think that's i mean right what's what's better for a, a young quarterback than having an awesome running game you know i mean that's just perfect i mean they could that can bail you out in a lot of ways and it can become the identity of your football team if you're a hard hard running team you're going to wear down defenses they're not going to want to tackle you late so yeah i mean that, that's a, that's awesome to have right i mean that's that's probably the honestly the best case scenario especially with a lot of new receivers or at least different guys who haven't started to have a running game that you count on and can trust is, is definitely exciting. And we went years here without really bringing in a high school kid and developing him as a a really good feature running back. We had those years where we had Ventavius Cooper and Breon Allen, who were both transfers and who both did a great job, but never really developed a guy. Now that that's what ECU is doing. They they, yeah. they have hit the transfer market, but bringing in Rajay and Keaton, playing them as true freshmen, playing Marlon Gunn as a true freshman. Bond seems to be on the track where he's going to play as a true freshman. And not only do you get that burst from those young guys, but guys are getting older. And uh, Keaton's gone, obviously. But that running back room has turned into a major strength, I think, for ECU. Yeah, it's like a factory, right? I mean, just one after another. And I mean, hearing from Rajay yesterday, it was just really cool to see him. He had a huge smile. He looked upbeat. And finally, I mean, he still has some work to do. But just it was nice to see him, like, you know, kind of get comfortable of you know in his own skin again because you know i'm sure that's a that's a really scary injury and it's a lot of mental um hurdles to go over that as well so it was really good to see him and yeah that the running backs are, are definitely exciting uh how did uh you saw a pretty good lacrosse game last week right yeah it was it Pirates was hung with duke they did man that sport was electric they're, they're playing music between every goals like and the defense was that actually blew me away to be honest with you because like i'm watching the game like why can't i just run in there and just score every time but like they're whacking you with the stick i mean they're like you know checking you away and like honestly making it difficult so it, i actually i learned a lot about it because i mean from uh my inexperiencedness and not really knowing the sport i figured i could just get this and score every time right but that that's definitely not the case so it, it was really exciting and yeah they hung with duke and lost to Duke 13 to 10 and then unfortunately lost to the team that beat Duke in the NCAA tournament years ago Mercer uh the following Saturday so have lost a couple in a row they need to write the ship against Vanderbilt in a conference game love this conference they're in in lacrosse uh but that's coming up Saturday at noon at Johnson Stadium and I will have a, a nice feature on the, the lacrosse team and kind of their their building of the program this this weekend so right. sounds good Patrick thanks for hanging out with us man of course enjoyed it and uh, we'll talk to you soon sounds good daily reflector Oh, you dropped in a course on me, and I didn't even pick it up. Of course. See, you're so accustomed to it now. I know. Now it just seems Second like it's nature. the new norm. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. When we return, Billy Weaver will join us, my cohort, on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. We'll talk about our commanders. Could there be a sale? Can we just trade everybody for Lamar Jackson? That would be fine with me. Uh, we'll talk Pirate Athletics as well. A lot to go. Hour three will also make you a winner. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Order Jersey Mike's sub on the mobile app and get delivery right to your home or save time and order ahead and skip the line to pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's uh, sub location. And today is their day of giving. So all of the proceeds of uh, today's uh, earnings, if you go to Jersey Mike's and you purchase a sub, all of that money stays right here in uh, Eastern North Carolina as that money will go to the Children's Hospital right here in Greenville. Jersey Mike's is a sub above. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Chain Man earlier said he was going to give today and have a great meal in the process. What's your go-to at Jersey Mike's, Chandler? I get one of their um, I get one of their subs, but in a bowl. Okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't do the bread thing. Don't do the bread. Yeah. That's cool. Do you put like dressing on it or anything or eat it dry? No, I put some dressing on it. What kind? Like ranch or something. You put some ranch on? Put some ra- chicken bacon ranch with some ranch. Put a little tanker. Yeah, put some ranch on it. Maybe a little good. chipotle sauce. What's your, what's your go-to? Um, surely I'm a fat man. Uh-huh. I get, uh, I, if, if I'm hungry, this is what I do. I get a regular turkey uh-huh. and I get a regular chicken cheesesteak and eat them both. Oh. And like turn that into a giant, basically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I with, see what you're uh, saying. But I love their hot subs. But I love their cold subs. I I am a creature of habit. Um, I used to love the Club Supreme, but now I have switched over to the regular number seven on white bread, which is the turkey and provolone. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. And man. I just get, I don't put any mustard or mayonnaise on it. It's just lettuce, onions, pickles and uh the sauces love little the oregano juice. you gotta get the juice gotta get the juice and a little oregano and just a tad bit of salt and pepper and i'm good to go billy weaver what is your jersey mike's go-to order oh oh i'm definitely a number seven guy yeah. I, i'm definitely the turkey but I, i'm like you i do like the hot subs though that they have too so uh yeah i'm a, i'm a number seven guy turkey definitely oh rooster next <laughs> a turkey guy who would have known Mike, have it mike's way Mike's way, I go Mike's way, no maters. For whatever reason, I'm not a mater guy. Um talked to Billy earlier today for a few minutes and wasn't talking pirate baseball or pro day or NASCAR. He said, are we are we gonna sell the team? Let's go let's talk about the sale. The commanders, Billy. Uh we got folks offering billions upon billions of dollars for this once proud franchise and i say this every time it comes up just because the the sale is made doesn't guarantee success or that something good's going to happen it just means that a dark cloud will be lifted one constant of all the negativity would be gone that being daniel snyder and this thing it's it's looks like it's going to happen at this point billy it's not a matter of if but uh, a matter of when right now yeah, there's a lot of interest in this team, and there's already a couple of offers on the table at the $6 billion mark. And um, reported, so it's being reported that there's also another investment group looking in to kind of jump in the mix as well. So somebody's definitely going to buy this, uh, this once proud franchise and hopefully turn it around. Um, 
But I, I was looking at the numbers. I didn't realize it that um, Daniel Snyder in nineteen was it nineteen ninety nine when he yeah. bought the team eight hundred million dollars is what he bought the team. For, wow! And he's going to turn around and sell it for six billion. Talk about a return on investment. Um, so I, anybody, which I, I think you be hard-pressed to find anybody that's feeling sorry for Daniel Snyder. But if you were, I wouldn't for sure. He's he's making out like a bandit. Yeah, no doubt. And, and Washington's always been one of those franchises we've, like, at the top of the, the list when it comes to most valuable sports franchises. And even after taking a hit with the name change and um, the bad publicity and the, the stadium is old and outdated now, it still seems like they are... I don't know. Whatever they had yesteryear is still attractive and, and can maybe turn this thing around and, and back the way it was. Yeah, I mean, because I still, you know, I can remember when I was young, and I think I've talked about this before, that when I was young, um, I used to remember stories my dad used to tell me about people willing their season tickets to their family yeah. members because you had to get in line. You had to get on a, a huge, long waiting list. Yep. Even if you If you were able to secure just to have the ability to buy season tickets to the Washington, back then the Washington Redskins, you know, you were you had accomplished something. And that's just being able to say, okay, now you can buy the ticket. There were people on the waiting list for, you know, 15, 20 years uh, that never got on. And now you look, and I think I saw somewhere recently where they were the least attended team in the league, which is embarrassing. Uh, it's just it that's just terrible um and i hate to see that but you know this hopefully it'll be a spark for this team i just hope the only thing i'm hoping is that we don't look back at this time in history 10 years from now and say man you know <laughs> we didn't think we could do worse than daniel snyder but here we are hopefully that's not the case Washington was such a, a, a great franchise, a great organization. Chandler uh, told me about this the other day. I, I'd seen it previously, but he said, have you ever seen the 30 for 30 short about the U.S. Marshals sting they ran with the Redskins? You know what I'm talking about, Weave? Yeah. 1985, uh, they put out, let's see, so – fugitives went to washington convention center responding to an invitation sent by law enforcement posing as a tv company to claim two free tickets to see the redskins play the Bengals and to win a chance for super bowl tickets and all these people showed up i wonder if they looked around saying hey these people look like convicts just like i do but they showed up for their free tickets <laughs> and it led to the arrest of 101 wanted fugitives if you did this today trying to give out tickets you'd never catch any criminals nobody would show up <laughs> that's true you know i've watched that thing i've watched that 30 for 30 a few times my favorite part of that is that they had used female police officers to dress up oh yeah like uh like kind of they weren't cheerleaders but they were like um and i, I hate to call them because it's not what they are escorts but they would escort the people into right. the the room and what these ladies were doing is they would you know hug the 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 participant and be at that that was their way of frisking <laughs> see if they had any weapons on them and i thought that was just that was uh, phenomenal and these That's these so criminals were so happy they're smiling in front of the cameras like i'm going to yeah, see the redskins yeah. yeah uh art monk gary clark like so pumped <laughs> up and they got arrested it was hilarious
Yeah, if you haven't seen anybody out there that hasn't seen that thirty for thirty, you got to check it out. It's it's absolutely hilarious and it's great stuff. And they they videotaped all of it. There was nothing ever like that before, and hasn't been anything like that since. It's been uh, it was it was pretty cool the way they did it. Yeah, it's called uh, Strike Team. It uh, came out in twenty seventeen. It's been that long, but uh, that is uh, something to watch if you want something interesting and uh, and quite funny, as we've said. All right, um, from a, a football standpoint, we've, uh, I, I don't know, sell the farm for Lamar Jackson. Let's let's get an exciting quarterback in here. It uh, sounds like Martin Mayhew in Washington's not going to do it, although what they say publicly and what happens privately could be two different things, but they've come out and said they're going to roll with Sam Howell and, uh, and not go after Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you know, and of course they brought in Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting dynamic there. You got to think about the locker room there with the NC State guy and the oh, yeah. NC guy going head to head. But you know, it, I as a fan and as somebody who you know wants to see the Washington Commanders do well, I would love to go after Lamar Jackson. And I'm like you, man, sell the farm, go after him. I mean, what do you have to lose? Uh, it's been the quarterback position in Washington that's been the Achilles heel of that franchise. They've never been able to be, you know, back I mean you're going back to Doug Williams and uh, Joe Theismann as, you know, effective quarterbacks that have held that position for a while. I mean, since then it's been a revolving door at quarterback for the last 20, 25 years there. You've got to get somebody in there that uh, you know, can it's a quarterback driven league and if you have the chance to go out and get a phenomenal talent like Lamar Jackson, I, I think you throw your hat in the ring. And to think that, you know, you're hearing, well, they, there's no interest in there. I, that just boggles my mind, yeah. I think, that way. Well, how about some uh, potential future pros, Weave? Yesterday was pro day, and you and I have sat here. You, you've done the fifth quarter now for two seasons, and, and we've talked about a lot of wins, more wins than losses uh, for this football team. And I was kind of thinking about that yesterday, seeing Holton and, and Keaton and – winstead and cj and ryan jones and and noah henderson in this group that have seen some dark days uh with pirate football but also kind of turned this ship around and two straight bowl appearances a bowl win they weren't able to play the other one obviously but you you wish they'd have won a little bit more but even though they didn't it's a, a very special group uh, i think a group will remember that broke some records here that put up a lot of points that yeah had their head scratchers uh, a time or two but just watching that collection of players on the field yesterday i kind of thought okay well, we're almost going into a new era almost at least well, when it comes to pirate players yeah, these are the guys that are kind of building the foundation for the future of this football program under Mike Houston. And these are guys uh, that you hate to see leave, especially a guy like Keaton Mitchell, man. I mean, just the, the speed, the athleticism, the excitement, the all the, you know, it, it's you love to have a guy on your team like that from a fan perspective because everyone in that stadium at Dowdy Ficklin, when Keaton Mitchell was handed the ball, and he or he had that ball in his hands, you always thought there was that potential, which there was, of the home run, of him breaking it 80 yards, 90 yards, 70 yards, or whatever it was. And then, you know, once he got into that second level, there was nobody that was going to catch him. So the speed was impressive. You know, that was something everybody had talked about. Um, and, and, you know, there was, there was the ups and downs at the quarterback position for Holton Aylers, but, you know, bottom line is, what an amazing quarterback uh, for this program. 
a, a guy that you know is homegrown pirate through and through will always support this university. There's no question in my mind about that. You just hope that he gets a legitimate shot on an NFL roster somewhere. Um, but, you know, I mean, you go down the list of these guys, and it's nice to see that you have a pro day where there's a bunch of guys, and there's a few guys on the on the, the pro day roster that you're thinking, okay, you know, we could see this guy in the NFL. We could see this guy playing on Sundays. There's There was that, you know, dark error that you talk about that, you know, there was nobody that was going out for a pro day that you thought even had a – uh, a right. shot yeah. of even making you know a scout team on an NFL team, and that's that's changing now and kind of getting back to where pro day is actually actually now an event at ECU. Yeah, that's a good point, and uh, it was great to see all those guys. A uh, really stressful day for them, but uh, there's always a sense of relief when we talk to them afterwards because, like Isaiah Winstead has said, he has been training for months just for this particular day, uh, not doing his normal football training, doing these drill training, and uh, he said he's glad to, to get that over with and, and ready for the next step, and you just hope that these guys get a shot. And, man, the way – and, you know, I was skeptical at times. Would Ehlers get a shot in the NFL? The way everything he's done since the bowl game, and, I mean, we include all that stuff, but he has raised his stock even another level or two just since he played a, a final game at ECU weave with the quarterback uh, camp and, and all the training he's been doing, all those uh, all-star games. He uh, now, I think he definitely gets a look uh, from a team in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and you know what the thing is, is I know a lot of NFL teams will love about Holt Nailers is he's just a smart guy. He's a student of the game. Um, he makes plays. He's not the most electric and I don't know, you know, what Coach Logan used to say back in the day. He's not the, you know, the sexy the sexy pick or whatever, but he gets the job done. He really does. And he, he's such a heady football player. Um, and, and I mean, you look at his numbers at ECU, and they're they speak for themselves. Um, I, I think it's you know at ECU a lot of these guys have to do that. They have to make they have to go in and train during this this portion of the off season for these combines and for these pro days because everything that they've done on the field that's all on tape. The, the scouts can see that. Now it's just a numbers game. You know, you want to impress the scouts with your 40 times, with your ability to do uh, these, these you know, um, exercises and these run through these drills and, of course, you know, what you can do in the weight room. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how, how all that has, if it does, indeed pay off for these Pirates. Billy Weaver joining us. Every time he says the name Steve Logan, I think of Billy doing his Logan impression talking to David Garrard, which made me think about a tweet I saw last week. Not that we need reasons to feel old, Weave, but saw uh, the Jaguars tweeted out David Garrard is coaching his uh, daughter's flag football team, and they were out there in Jacksonville Stadium playing in the first ever uh, five-on-five flag football tournament, and he was coaching their team. So I saw that. that was pretty cool to see last week. Yeah, he's got a son too that I think is an offensive lineman, if I'm not mistaken. Um, <laughs> seen a lot on social media, and he's uh, he's as you can imagine, you know, David Garrard is is a a big human. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's hilarious because it's like, how did a quarterback have an offensive line? Well, David Garrard kind of looked like one, right? Well, if you remember, you know, going back, Steve Logan was one of the few, if not the only, coach that. Um, 
told David Garrard, if you come here, you will play quarterback. Everybody else wanted him to be a tight end. Hmm. He was huge. Uh, and David Garrard went to all Steve Logan's quarterback camps as a child. Um, so Steve Logan knew him very well. Um, and, and that was one of the, if not the deciding factor, for uh, David Garrard to come to East Carolina because he knew that he was going to play quarterback at ECU and not be converted to a tight end. So, you know, he came in. I think he was like 260. The number 268 rings a bell with me for some reason. I I seem to remember that he was up in that 260 range um, and got a little bit more felt once he started playing quarterback. But uh, there was a reason we all called him the beer truck. (laughs) He, he was David was a and still is a very big human and uh, his son has taken uh, uh, taken some of those genes for sure. The way he ran over guys and uh, and guys would bounce off of him, uh, it was oh, yeah. almost comical to watch at times. It was awesome, <laughs> and yeah, uh, giving him that QB position worked out great for every party involved. I would say. Uh, no doubt about that we've um let's see uh before we let you go we're, we're at a fun part i hadn't been paying attention much uh due to ecu baseball on sundays due to ncaa tournament as well but uh nascar is getting into that fun part of the schedule the early schedule anyway that we like they got richmond this weekend dirt race at bristol and then martinsville after that it's talladega so you go kind of shorter tracks and then talladega great uh, stretch here in april of racing coming up yeah it's smart by nascar because they do that on purpose they the, those are some of the fun tracks this is the part of the season where like you said you're getting uh, you know, baseball, Major League Baseball season is just starting up, but you're kind of getting into the stretch run of the college baseball season. The college basketball season is coming to a close. This is a time where NASCAR can sort of step up and, you know, feature some of their uh, their more fun tracks and more fan-friendly tracks before we get back into the fall. And, of course, they've got to, you know, then compete with the NFL. But this is the time that NASCAR shines. And, you know, going to Richmond, Richmond's a fun track, man. If you've never been to Richmond, it's right down the road. It's not too far from here. Uh, Denny Hamlin, of course, uh, he's not the odds-on favorite. He's my odds-on favorite to win there. It's his hometown track. He won the spring race there last year. Uh, He's a Virginia guy. Um, He's won four times there. So if I had to pick one, it would be Denny Hamlin. Um, you know, coming off the the road course um, race, you know, I, I just hate that Chase Elliott is not involved. That's my driver. That's my guy. He's still, you know, um, nursing a leg injury from a snowboarding accident. How that happens, I don't know. And, you know, who knows? It might be one of those situations here in the future where NASCAR team owners and 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 such start to put out these what contracts and clauses and things like they do with NFL players. Right. No motorcycle riding, no hang gliding, uh no jet skiing, no snowboarding, none of this stuff uh during the season to keep you keep you fresh. But, but and I talked to somebody about that and they said, but okay, are you gonna allow them to do other races, those little dirt tra- you know, like uh right. who was it? Tony Stewart used to race like seven days a week, didn't he? So Oh, yeah, yeah, and Tony Stewart still races at some of those small tracks. Those are guys that you just can't get out of cars. And if you remember, Dale Earnhardt Jr. missed some time on the Cup Series when he uh, was involved in the Corvette. It was a road course racing in the Corvette that caught fire, if you remember, Mm. and he got burnt really bad. 
uh, in an accident. Um, so those guys are all over the place in different circuits and running. You know, they're race car drivers. They're true drivers. They love what they do. Uh, and, you know, sometimes that's just kind of the uh, the way things go. But it'd be nice to see uh, uh, Chase back, back in it. And it would have been nice last weekend because, of course, he's a road course master and he had to uh, sit that one out. We've uh, we'll let you go, but I talked to Coach Mack yesterday, and uh, he likes to go to a race or two every year. And I said, "Well, how about uh, North Wilkesboro for the All Star Race in May?" And he said, "Yeah, if you can see it, find a ticket for that, let me know." He said those babies oh, uh, went quick and are, uh, I'm assuming, pretty pricey. But how cool is that? Weave as uh, a fan so long of NASCAR that they'll be racing there All Star Weekend. So cool, and that you know that's the thing. It's going to be more of an intimate, intimate race because there's not as much. You know, this is not Daytona or Talladega, and that you know they haven't been able to add a whole lot of additional seating there. So it's going to be a premier ticket, but it's going to be so much fun. And you know, the drivers are really going to, especially some of the veteran drivers, uh, are going to be so super excited to go to North Wilkesboro. That's that's a ticket that's going to be uh, that you know. Like Coach Max said, tough to get. If you can get one, I, I'd highly encourage it. But I, it'll be interesting to see what the value of those on the uh, um, the black market yeah. is on the in- interweb. So I might have to check that out just to see, just uh, you know, just to see how high those ticket prices go. Yeah, your wife wouldn't let you buy the Washington football franchise. Maybe she'll let you go to the All Star race. <laughs> it's a little cheaper, right? We've uh, appreciate you joining us today, man. Have a great rest of your week, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. All right, man. We'll see. You. There is Billy Weaver, Mets fan. We'll uh, we'll have Mets conversations uh, later on down the road. We'll see how they get started off to their 2023 campaign. Going to be a challenging NL East with uh, the Braves looking to reign supreme. Phillies in the World Series last year. Mets won 100 games. So looking forward to the um, the gauntlet that is the NL East once again this season uh, as a Braves fan. Braves and Chandler's Nats going at it tomorrow on opening day. Could be the last time the Nats are 500, Chandler. So enjoy it. Maybe they can go above 500 tomorrow. All right, let's take a break. When we return, we'll hear from Mike Houston and my guy, Rajay Harris. Met with the media after yesterday's spring practice. We got that for you and a giveaway. More to go. Hour three, Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Russell's Clothing in downtown Washington has everything you need for game day or any other day for men and women. Whether it's dress, casual, or even a formal occasion, Russell's has you covered. They have served Eastern North Carolina and beyond for 40 years with quality clothing and personal service. Russell's Clothing on Main Street in downtown Washington. Pirates supporting Pirates. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on this Open Door Wednesday. Make sure you hold the door open for somebody tonight. Chandler and I will be um, 
fighting each other to get to the door to let people into aj's tonight <laughs> sports trivia at eight o'clock gonna be a lot of fun so come on out for that uh right now let's talk some football and hear from the head man first mike houston who spoke to the uh, media he was out there yesterday for pro day had a big smile on his face watching his guys and uh seemed to be in good spirits and i would say chandler um that he has been in pretty good spirits throughout the spring right it's been an upbeat mike houston i would say i haven't been out there for every spring practice and i but i was out there last saturday for the first scrimmage of the spring and mike's mike houston was very excited yeah was very uh upbeat uh talking to the media afterwards we listened to those that to that audio earlier in the week on this program and I, I really do think he's very excited about this uh, where this team is at, especially this running back room. Uh, you're losing Keaton Mitchell, but you're adding some key guys, and you got some guys on this team that have played in the past, including Rajay Harris, who we, we will hear from here soon, and Marlon Gunn and some other new faces that you might see this fall. Uh, but Mike Houston, yes, is indeed very excited this spring. Excitement time. Let's hear from Coach Houston and hear what he had to say yesterday after Tuesday's practice. All right, really good day out there today. Uh, real, you know, we, talk, we talked Saturday, and after we looked at the film, uh, it was exactly what we thought come off the field, just a very, very good day out there of competition. Uh, followed it back up with a very good day of competition again today. Um, had a, a live team run period uh, about the middle of practice. Uh, first, second down, run, play, action, pass kind of stuff. Loved the way the kids competed. Uh, you know, had a tempo uh, period during practice today. Um, just I mean, there's so many positives. I, 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 we're, we're getting better every day, and the kids are competing at a very, very high level, uh, really challenging each other. Uh, so that's you know, it makes it fun to go out there. It's it's enjoyable to be out there with this group. In film review with the guys, especially those that are seeing more, you know, bigger snaps. <clears throat> how much can you see that growth from the spring folks out there? A ton. I mean, you know, you look. Marlon Gunn had a, a really good day on Saturday, uh, and then. But still, you know, he can look at the film and he can see where his cuts can be sharper. You know, it can be tighter uh, and put more stress on the defense, create, you know, potential for bigger plays. Um, you know, uh, all of a sudden it's full speed and it's live. Uh, you know, tackling, you know, it's, you know, the only way you learn how to tackle is by tackling. But, you know, you get out there and you get those backs going full speed, you get the receivers going full speed, you don't take a good angle, you miss it. Uh, so, you know, I, I told him, you know, when we go out, we compete at a high level against each other. It creates opportunities for growth uh, because, you know, you, you have to. You have to respond to the challenge. Uh, so I thought, you know, Saturday was a, a great day for that growth, and that was our big focus today is growing from the film that we saw the last couple of days. Um, and I think we had a good practice today that's going to, you know, we'll go evaluate that and, you know, I expected uh, us to see some improvement from Saturday, but also some more room for growth. Is that why these practices following a scrimmage at this time of the year is so beneficial? Because you do have that time to yeah. maybe hone in versus, you know, a game week? Yeah. I mean, you, we, we spent, you know, over an hour yesterday uh, in film, uh, you know, each each position group. And, in, and again today, they spent time, you know, looking at that film and, you know, learning and improving. And then you go out there and you have another highly competitive practice and, uh, you know, the kids have great attitudes. They're all very motivated. Um, and so, you know, that's when you're going to see improvement. 
And so I expect us, you know, just like, you know, we talked about in the fall from week one to week two, seeing, you know, you know, drastic improvement. I expect to see that from Saturday's scrimmage to this Saturday's scrimmage. Did anything else stand out to you from Saturday's scrimmage, though? Well, I mean, I think, uh, you know, the thing, a lot of things stood out to me. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, our, our backs look really, really good. I mean, I think we have a good group. You know, I think the, the additions uh, of Javius and Gerald, uh, the returners, um, you know, I, I think that we have a very, very strong position room there. Um, and, you know, get Rajay healthy, I mean, that, that could be the strength of our offense. Um, you know, and I, and I say that it's one scrimmage, but I'm just telling you, it, it, they backed it up again today. Um, you know, it's uh, our defensive front, uh, I think, is – and going to continue to be something that's a, a strength. Um, those kids are just, they're all experienced. They play with a great motor. Uh, the intensity they play with, uh, just uh, I'm really, really am pleased with that. Um, I think we've seen some receivers step up. Uh, Shane Calhoun looked like what I think he can be uh, last Saturday. Uh, he had a really, really good day. I just think, I think there's lots of positives uh, coming out of that scrimmage. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's good for him and good for the players. Uh, you know, he's such a positive, uh, you know, contagious, you know, personality. Um, and uh, so I think that anytime he's out there, it's it's a you know leadership motivation. I think it's because our, our kids they care about him, and so they respond to him. And then I think for him, it's extremely healthy mentally to be out there and be engaged because, you know, going through an ACL uh, surgery and rehab is, that's the toughest part. You know, the physical part, it's tough, but not near as tough as the mental part. And, uh, you know, see, he's had some, some episodes he's had to fight through. I mean, that's just natural. Uh, but I think the more he's around the, you know, his teammates and uh, the more he's engaged, the better it is for him. I'm extremely pleased with Alex Flynn. You know, he just he is having a great spring. Uh, I thought he was he's just he's been he's been solid every day out. I thought he was very solid on Saturday. Uh, you know, he has complete command of the offense. Uh, he's you know trimmed down a little bit, so he's moving better. Uh, he's throwing the ball with really good zip, uh, and it's just like the the end of the team period today. You know, defense zeroes out, and uh, he checks to uh, you know the the hot route and uh, completes the pass for a big play. And it's just that's, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. That's, that's something that takes an experienced guy to do it. So I think right now you look and you, you feel very, very good about the, you know, your top two quarterbacks. And, and Raheem, again, he's, he's a high school senior. He is going to be a good player. He, we put him with the two offense today, so you know, he had a little bit different personnel around him, and, and he did some really good things. So I'm, I'm really pleased with that room right now. Well, a lot different than the first spring I was here. So um, I think that, uh, you know, you had 17 guys out there. 14 of them uh, were with us uh, this past season. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, I thought they all looked good. You can tell that they've all uh, been training and, and really, you know, worked hard to prepare for today. Uh, excited with the turnout we had from the scouts. Uh, we had 31 of the 32 NFL teams here. Um, I figure out where that one team was. They're a bunch of idiots. So, uh, 
had uh, CFL had representatives here, uh, XFL had representatives here, so uh, it was a great opportunity for our guys to, uh, you know, to, to have a lot of eyes on them and to showcase their abilities. And uh, just excited about what they did out there. Uh, you know, you watch the, um, you know, the whole thing in general. Uh, I thought that uh, you know everybody looked good, but then you watch the the throwing stuff at the end with Holton and our skill kids from last year, and uh, I thought it was very impressive. Uh, you know, kind of makes you a little sick to your stomach because they're not here anymore, but uh, it's okay. It's, it's life. You know, people graduate and move on and all that, but uh, just excited for those guys. Um, you know, uh, they're going to get opportunities and just can't wait to see what, uh, what's next for them, what's next in their phase. You have to be proud at where you came yeah. in the program and seeing these guys that stuck with you come out. Yeah, I mean, I am, and that's... You know, they've all worked very, very hard for this opportunity, and that's why I told them before we started this morning. And just so I'm just really excited for them and proud of them. And you know, like we've talked about it a good bit. You know, they they were you know a big part of turning the program around, and now they have the opportunity to go chase their dreams. So it's uh, you know it's it's a great it's a great uh, just a great thing to watch. And with how many athletes there were today, it's like a marker of where this program is going. <clears throat> yeah, I mean it's yeah we were. I mean, I, I, we may have had seven or eight scouts here that first spring, and not uh, not a very impressive workout. And so, just you know, there to now is you know, it's it shows a lot about the program. And uh, and you know, you look at that group exiting, and then you're as excited about what you have in the program right now. Uh, I think that says a lot. So. That is Mike Houston from yesterday's practice and. Uh, just uh, once again, we said it going into it. We'll say it coming out of it. He just seems to be very pleased with where his team is right now. Not necessarily one side of the ball or the other, just the competition and both sides trying to get better during this spring. All right, uh, Chandler Honeycutt, can you open up a booty bag for me? Do you have those skills to be able to do such things over there in Shirley Rhodes' chair? I think he's got it. He's got it. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Uh, question two. Do you know what we're giving away today? I do not. Um, you going to holler at Shirley real quick? Sure. And I'll stall. Booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty over there. Booty over there. Booty everywhere. Booty in my hair. Booty on reflare. All right, Chandler's back. Wings over Greenville can be yours. If you are lucky caller number four, get to it quick. 317-1250. Caller four is a winner. We're back with my guy, Rajay Harris. We'll hear what he had to say yesterday and have more for you on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to get the business services that are right for your business today. Contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. And congratulations to Clee Smith of Greenville. Picked up a $15 gift card to Wings over Greenville. If you're looking for wings to be delivered to your home, they've got you covered with no third party needed. Wings over Greenville has its own in-house delivery service. And make sure you try the all-new tender sandwiches by ordering ahead over the Wings on the Wings over mobile app. They're open till 3 a.m. on Fridays and Saturdays, so they have everything to cure those late-night munchies. Give them a call at 758-9464. Wings over Greenville, they deliver. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty. We'll keep the interviews rolling. Heard from Mike Houston a moment ago. Let's hear from Rajay Harris, who spoke to the media yesterday. And Rajay is a guy that will put a smile on your face and if he doesn't that's all right because his smile is big enough to cover your smile that you did not smile my guy uh just a uh awesome young man and keeps that positive mindset and he's still got it going this spring and hoping to see a big four seven running in the fall let's hear what he had to say yesterday how has everything been going since um you left football last year you know i've been trying to stay in the right mind um Right mindset, you know, with everything, school, football, you know, brotherhood, the locker room. So, man, everything's been a blessing. I'm just enjoying the process. Being engaged on the field, even though you're maybe not, you know, practicing, taking the hits, but still being around your teammates, like, what does that mean to you just to be still involved during the rehab process? It means everything because, like, they look at me as a leader, even though I'm not even out there, you know. So, me going to practice, it was kind of hard at first, you know, because I had took a, a week or two off during the season when I first got injured. But... Just being out there with my brothers, like I just let go of everything. I don't even think about anything outside the field. It's a great field. Where are you at in your, your rehab process now? Kind of um, I've been sprinting for about two weeks now, so I'm building. You know, and that's that's making me happy. You know, just think about. But I'm out there running, sprinting, and just thinking about getting back, man. The next couple months, man, I'm I'm getting there. Do you have like a goal for when you want to start? You know, cutting, changing direction, that sort of stuff, or is that just kind of week to week? Just going with the flow. You know. You know, Herb know everything, you know. Coach used to know everything. I'm just going with the flow. Going with the flow. What's been the most difficult part about not being able to, to play a sport you love? Just not being out there with my brothers, man. You know, I see how much fun they having. You know, it's not the same of being on the sideline just looking at it. You know, you want to go out there and make them plays too, make the highlight videos, you know, and just make Coach Houston proud, you know, just being out there on the field because he knows how much work we put in. You know, I know how much work them guys put in, so... You know, just going out there and just actually doing it instead of just sitting out there on the sideline, it just makes it so much better, you know. And a lot of people just see it from the, the outside. Well, I'm in the locker room. You know, I see the misreads. I see all this and all that. You know, I can say it from the sideline, but I'm, I'm not actually in the play. You know what I'm saying? So I miss it, man. I ain't going to sit right here and act like I don't. I miss it, man, but it's all a part of the process. You've had a lot of changes in the running back room. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys seem to have stepped up. How proud are you of them, and how have you been helping them? I say Saturday was probably the best day I've seen since I've been here. You know, all them guys from JB being the youngest to Gerald being the oldest, man, it's just, it's elite. It's an elite room. And, you know, it starts, kind of start by me. You know, I done been here through the ugly, through the good and the bad. But, you know, man, they just, they all the type of people that you want in your room. You know, they're respectful. 
They be everywhere on time. It's just, man, that's the people that you want. And then you sales on film. You know, you do the little things right, the big things gonna come. You set the standard, kind of. <laughs> nah, Key and set the standard. Key and set the standard. <laughs> so when you're recovering from an injury, they, you know, a doctor might give you some things to do. But so what, what's that difference between like rehabbing physically, but also keeping your head right and mentally doing that? Because maybe there's not a playbook mentally. It ain't. You know, you gotta you gotta keep a clear head no matter what. Like one percent. You know, I gotta live by that every day. You know, me and Coach Houston talked about it yesterday. Well, not yesterday, last week. Man, you just gotta live by it. You know, I can't tweet it and then not be about it. You know, I'm not playing physically, but I'm still out there mentally. I'm still locking in, learning plays, learning position, meeting new people, you know. So I can't even, I, I can't wake up and be down. You know, it happens. It's life, you know, but it is what it is. Was it easier or difficult for you? Because I'm, I'm sure, you know, you want to be positive, but I'm sure there were days maybe where it's difficult. But Oh, yeah. yeah. I have my days. I have my days, but I mean, what that's going to do for me? I can't just sit around, mope around, man. It's just next day. You know, I can't just, oh, man, my knee's hurting. You feel what I'm saying? So I just got to keep going, be a leader for the younger guys. You feel me? I don't want them to see me down because what can that do? You feel me? Have you found any, you know, ways down to, like, work upper body more as you rehab? Or, you know, I don't know, silver linings from it or, or study the play, but more like any, any benefits from it? Um, just trying to be a student of the game more, man. I'm just trying to learn everything, like, even from a position, like receiver. Uh, quarterback, what's their read? Like, I'm trying to learn everything. You know, it's just going to slow the game down, you know, for me. So just learn everything. Yes, I'm in the weight room I'm trying to get like Coach Houston. But, you know, <laughs> it's going to take a while. But, yeah, man, just learning everything, man. Just learning everything. You have been through those ups and downs where you were a little bigger, you slimmed down, mm -hmm. and then these things happen. How do you keep that focus between, like, your head and your body? Uh, sometimes it might hurt, and you know it might not be wrong. <laughs> I try to tell myself I got a brand new knee, like every day. Like this is brand new, you know. So uh, now I'm I'm pretty good. Like I'm mentally wise. Like I'm thinking it's a brand new knee when I'm running outside. I don't even think about it now. But uh, you know, a couple months ago I was like harping on myself, like telling myself that I got to keep going because I was getting down. You know about just. Wonder if I was gonna be the same, but you know I can't even think like that. I can't even think negative. Like it's just I gotta get up every day, like I said, and just go get it. It's right there for me to go get. It. I gotta go get it. No fear. No fear at all. Still waiting off the McDonald's. Nah, man, I'm. I don't even touch the McDonald's. I don't. I don't, even, I don't even look at it no more when I drive by, man, because I be having my temptations. I swear. But it is what it is. I eat that broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that just means so much because I see it. You know, y'all really just see the, the game days. Man, I see the locker room Keaton. I see the practice Keaton, the meeting rooms, you know. So he worked for everything, everything. You know, speed kills, and I'm telling you, like, that's the guy. That's going to be the guy. I'm telling you. All right, there you go. Keaton Mitchell's biggest fan and supporter, uh, his boy Rajay Harris there. And uh, awesome to hear from Rajay. Happy he's in good spirits and hoping to see him rumble down the field coming up this fall and uh trucking some linebackers and dbs but man he has got some talent around him uh credit to coach houston and his staff for putting together quite the running back room let's uh take our final break we'll come back you're ready to wrap things up we'll take a look at the buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by dub buck we'll be adding to that scoreboard starting tomorrow with uh, opening day of major league baseball we'll run over some of those games as well when we return after these words Hit 
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. It was a good day for the stock market today. The Dow was up 323 points and closed at 32,717. NASDAQ was ahead 210 points at 11,926. And the S&P was up 56 points at uh, 4,027. That is a look at your... um, Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. And for a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to the show. Here's Clip. All right, you got NBA, NHL tonight. Thursday, opening day of Major League Baseball. We'll talk about some finals on the show tomorrow. Braves and Nationals get underway at 105. The Braves own Patrick Corbin. Giants at Yankees at 105, O's and Red Sox in the 2 o'clock hour, Brewers and Cubs in the 2 o'clock hour as well. So that is Thursday. Also on Thursday, the Conference USA Championship, a.k.a. soon-to-be AAC Championship, a.k.a. the NIT Championship, UAB in North Texas going at it. Conference USA reigns supreme in basketball, uh, both of those teams. Then on Friday, you've got the uh, women's final four with virginia tech taking on lsu iowa and south carolina saturday you've got the men's final four uconn and the u san diego state and fau so uh sunday dale murphy day i've kind of got my sports calendar planned for the rest of the week all that going on buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by the buck the buck all right, Chan Man, Shirley, we'll see you fine, folks, Thursday, 3 o'clock for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Thanks for riding along with us today, folks. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Jeff Charles, take us home. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.